0: This is Universal Dialect. This is your host, uh, Chris Cypher73 Cabrera. Uh, I've been having this conversation with Q Nikon. Normally, I have a format of how I go through things, but, you know, we had this conversation. I'm at the point right now where I'm like, F the intro. Let's just jump right into it. So what show were you on, dude? All right, so. (laughs) Q Q Nikon, Uh, what
1: show were you on? (laughs) Good start. (laughs) We're here. Let's Uh, do it. right,
2: we're here. Um, I was on this show when I moved to Portland um, called United States of Hip Hop. And it was it was an interesting show. It was like some grassroots, just like a hip-hop show. They were talking about this, basically telling you about what was going on in hip hop. And uh, they had me do this segment called News with Nikon. And I thought it was kind of funny. And my set I actually have the videotape, videotape that shows okay. you how old it is. Okay. It was during uh public, it was, it was on public television and I, I think it was channel four, and it came on at like one in the morning, so I'm thinking nobody's watching this shit. So I would always do these intros where I would pop up out of nowhere. I'd come from like under cars or behind ups. I'd be upside down and I'd be telling the news, and I would actually tell you real news about what was going on in hip hop. And the reason I was able to do that is because uh, there weren't really any hip hop outlets on the internet really except um, uh, what is that shit? People be looking at uh, World Star, and right. that shit was like that was trash. I was like, that ain't, ain't hip hop, dog. So. Uh, I was telling real news and it was kind of, it was funny. I thought it was cool. Funny thing though, I'm on, uh, I'm on this train and I'm on my way to downtown and I'm just sitting there with my headphones on, bumping my music like I normally am. And there's like on the train, there's like 15 kids. I want to say they're like in sixth, seventh grade and they're all staring at me and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I take one headphone off and one of them looks at me and he goes, are you news with Nikon? And I went, wait, you guys watch that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, uh, What? (laughs) <laughs> really how what's said first of all what are y'all doing up at one o'clock in the morning made sure to laugh and i was like nah for real like you guys really watch that they're like yeah it's tight and i was like "Huh? okay i i didn't think about it that like that i thought it was shit i mean I, I i'm gonna get a vcr just so i can put the shit to digital just so i can watch it again i thought it was shit but Ooh, release the, it i am happy. I know and the, well, the fact of the matter is people were talking to me about tiktok recently they're like you should do tiktok and i'm like I don't see the value of me doing TikTok when there's already so many people out there with platforms doing it. It's like I'm—I'd be like a, a pebble in the way in the water of like in the ocean of shit, and I don't want to like. And but you know, the pebble makes a ripple, so I don't, you know. Ah, you said it. You said that's, it. That's that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't know how far out that ripple will go, but it, it, you know. So I I I I don't know. I guess I I I fuck with self doubt,
0: which is kind of the drive. So yeah. I got you, my man. All right, so. Now that we got that out of the way, which we'll probably wind up coming mm-hmm. back to that. We'll probably wind up coming back to that. So good. Um, so good. I've known you for many years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nice. Let me get yeah, into like, probably. let me get into like how I found out about you. Okay. So this is like the oh. days of, of Napster. Okay.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is pre-Lars Ulrich from Metallica suing Napster. This is like before <laughs> everything got shut down. And I happened to come upon this group called Sick Medics and the song called Control the Robots. Yeah, and no disrespect to any of the other MCs on there because they were dope, but it was this one dude that stuck out. And so I had to do my research like I always do because at the time I was still writing for Insomniac Magazine and I'm trying to find artists to do reviews on, etc. And I wound up getting information. Um, and I don't know if I talked to you specifically first or if I talked to any of the other members, like Clint Party, maybe. Um, it was
2: Clint. It was Clint you talked to. Was it? If I remember. I think it was Clint because he was the one that was spearheading most of the albums at the time. And I was just kind of there. just all right, So, so who I was, was running
0: the first. main site?
2: Um, it was EOS. Um,
0: Montana, right, I think?
2: EOS Montana and Clint. Yep. Yeah, they were in, they were basically running it.
0: Okay. Yeah. so, um, there. and then I don't know, somehow I got in contact with you and then that's where our, our friendship and our brotherhood spawned from there. But, uh, tell me the, the origins of, of Q Nikon. Um, and don't leave out the connection to one of my favorite movies, Hackers, but, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: no, no,
2: but uh, <laughs> no. um, so I from a family of a lot of musicians, like a lot of musicians, like they and I don't even really like to talk about him because you know how people are. But so one of my cousins is Norwood. He's from the group Fishbone. So uh, a lot yep. of people, if you know who he is, he's yep. a very good, very good bass player. Uh, another bass player from a famous rock group called the Dan Reed Network. Spoonie B is my cousin. It's like first cousins. We're not like cousins by relation, like like cousins. Um, and I grew up around a lot of family members that were around people. One of my godbrothers was uh, Prince's... Um, uh, personal assistant, and like for years, for like easily most of his career. So like I got to see the the industry from the ground up, and I didn't. I like making music. I didn't know I like making music. I remember making. I remember taking Mega Man three on my Nintendo, looping the end music on my tape deck, like stopping it, pausing it, and looping it to make a beat. And I made a beat. I remember rapping to it. I mean, rap wasn't really a thing yet. I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't really a thing. And I showed it to my cousin. He was like, Oh, that's cool. You should keep doing it. And so I was like, all right. So I started DJing, you know. So Q, Q. Like the DJ before, th- you,
0: before you get deeper into that, like, what sparked you to want to do that? Like, something had to have sparked you to want to do that before other kids were even doing stuff like that.
2: I don't know. All I know. honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, it—it it was the fact that, um. So I was that kid that when you're, my mom used to get pissed. I would when she bought me shit, I would take stuff apart. I always took stuff apart and try to put it back together again because I like how to see how it worked and to see if I could make it better. Like, ooh. I remember I took a, I got a radio controlled DeLorean and I took it completely apart. My mom was so pissed, but I put it back together and I removed a couple pieces to make the motor move faster. So it was drive faster. And she was like, oh, okay. So she kind of understood that, you know, I'm kind of a, I was like uh, an engineer in a way, like in budding. And so she started getting me into art and music and a lot of other things. And I realized young that uh, uh, creation is problem solving. It's problem solving. You have a problem. It's and it's not necessarily a problem. It's more of how do I make this idea that's in my mind come to fruition so people could see it for what I see. So I basically took any technology around me and would make it work. I ran re- to be fair, to be honest, I ran the Nintendo through a Commodore 64, and I cut wires and ran it through a uh, through into. I mean, I'm talking about wired it into my boombox to make it take the song on the tape and it was like i don't even remember how i figured that out i just knew how things worked together and i just put it together and it worked and i was excited i i i wish i still had the tape i remember the mega man music from the end because it was so it meant it meant so much to me to be able to get that one loop perfect right i mean think about it you're looping without using digital technology you're literally top stopping a tape rewinding it and restarting it again to record right on on key and right. on drums and on on the on timing, so it's hard and I didn't realize what I was doing. And then I remember recording my vocals through headphones.
1: Yeah, back and in like, the like day. going backwards. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and just to go out there, a lot of people don't realize <laughs> this. All you young people out there, just so you know, speakers are just microphones reversed. That's all right. it is. That's all they are. So now you know, knowing half to battle, GI Joe. Um, but G. and that's. <laughs> That's what sparked it. That's what sparked it. So I kind of just didn't know what I was doing. I was just doing shit. And to be fair, if I could go back in time and tell myself, hey, man, you're doing some shit. You need to keep doing that. I'd probably be a billionaire right now. But I was, I like, I would jump from one thing to the other. So, um, but yeah, I remember doing that. And so I went on to DJing because DJing was the same idea. You're taking records, you're playing with them. And my cousins were DJs. My cousin Isak, he's a dope ass, dope ass DJ. Like, and I learned how to scratch, I actually learned how to scratch from him. I learned how to do scratches and cuts and so started doing that and then uh i got into high school and i was called d i was called dj a20q a20q stood for another 20 questions that was just way too much to explain to people and it actually really leaned on the name so i was just like and my boy whose his name was ej he went by dj ej which was just really corny now that i think about it but (laughs) Words, it actually probably would have worked now. Um, he, I remember I was rapping along to a song and he goes, Oh, dude, you'd be a good rapper. And I was like, What? He goes, Yeah, you're good with words. And I was like, mm, I don't know about all that. At the time, I was, you know, I, I read a lot and I was a big comic. I'm a, I'm a comic book nerd, like it's nobody's business. Like, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm a straight up comic book nerd. So it's it's dumb. I get dumb about it. But uh, uh, oh, 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 what do you got? I know he's got some heat back there. <laughs> I know he's got some heat. Oh shit! Oh wait, hold up! Oh no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Wait a second. We gotta. Oh, the homie. This is how much I love you, man. This is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. Whoa,
0: that's dope, man. This is
2: all the ones. Hey, this is all the ones Jim Lee ever did.
0: Oh, that's dope, man. Yeah, he's phenomenal, man. Oh, he's the man. Like I got. Hey, I'll tell you a story about him
2: too in a second. Um, I got a lot of weird little hip hop stories. Um, this one signed by the man in um uh, no, Seattle. Dope,
1: man.
2: Yeah, he's he's a that's G. Dope. He actually remembered me. It was weird. Um so okay, so we're and and I remember he kept my boy DJ kept pushing me to rap and I was like I'm not gonna rap. And so I started doing it just to be funny. And I he, I remember I needed a name. I did it in high school and I remember I had a I had a I had a group called I just remembered scenarios of confusion.
0: That's dope though.
2: But it's funny it's it's <laughs> So one of my best, one of my really, really good friends, uh, Prince Poe from Organized Confusion, that's where the end of the name came from, Confusion with a K. Right, Scenarios right. of, Scenarios of was like a play on Leaders of. Right. So well, instead of Leaders of the New School. Well, you know, when I
0: heard you the first time on Control the Robots, you reminded me, not exactly, but your energy was very similar to Buster Rhymes.
2: Right. And that was, that was kind of my, bust, so, and I was inspired by a lot of those MCs, so Buster Rhymes, um, prince Poe, pharaoh Monch, that a is. lot of those artists were very prolific and very lyrically they're not just saying stuff they're playing with the words like they're instruments cool keith like a lot of these cats you know black silver these these cats were like influencing me in a way to be uh a whole nother level and then like you know you're on the west coast you got dell and everybody and in in souls of mischief and you have to be dope you can't just say kind of stuff you got to be You got to be saying something and it needs to be it needs to have you need to have fun with it and so i was like really into that lyrical place of okay i'm I'm gonna be lyrical i'm gonna i'm gonna be super dope so i ended up with a20q i had to shorten it it was too much so i shortened it to quest i made my name quest still playing with the name q q w e s t i want to say like a couple years later the company quest came out and i was like what the fuck and I was like, you can't use that name now. Damn. And they were, I think they were like an energy company or some yeah. kind of telecommunications <clears throat> company or some shit. And then you so had like, a, okay,
0: uh, you had quest the mad lad.
2: Yep. It, yeah, quest the mad lad. Uh uh, there was Stop. then I then I was I was like, okay, let me short my name to Q. But then I had the letter Q and I was like, I can't do Q. There's Q Bert, Q tip. There's I'm gonna get lost in the waves of Qs. Right. <laughs> so I was like, Ooh. My mom, now, my mom's a part is, uh, you know, she she has some Vietnamese in her, in her blood. And, and I remember the name Q, K-I-E-W. I didn't know what it stood for, but I know it was a real name. So I used Q. It's phonetic. I was actually right. using the phonetic sound of Q. Q. Um, and I remember, I'm 16 at the time, and I'm already rapping. I've been on stage quite a bit. I'm, I've actually, with I'm at, at the time, I'm actually with a crew called Sarcastics in Sacramento. We were rolling with The Cuff, I don't know if people remember the Cuff, yeah. And they are the dope. Cuff. They are, and just so you know, the Cuff, California Underground Funk, right. they are the reason why Living mm-hmm. Legends exists.
0: Right, because weren't they, they affiliated? Put on. Yeah, they were affiliated with yeah, Chilli- the Chilli- Villain Empire, right? TVE, and all yep, those dudes. yeah, Rid- Rid- and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, straight up like, like and
2: it's funny because Master Mike lived in Sacramento and all that shit. Like they, we were in the same area, so like. I got to hang with the Cuff. Those are my people. Nate the Great and all them and, and Brother RJ great. and Crust and all yeah. them. Those are the homies. And like, I grew up being around them, being dope. And then i that's yeah. how I got to do shows with Dell. I got to do shows with The Roots when they first came back to America. I'm talking about I'm as close as my computer as I am to, to Brother Question while he's drumming. And again, I got a story for that too. But that, that was at the time where you had all these people coming together and the shit wasn't so big that it was so big you couldn't be close to people. You were there. And right. so I'm sitting in this wave of all these dope artists and I'm like, I have to stand out. And I'm 16. I'm sitting on the floor watching TV at my sister's house. And then one of my favorite movies pops on. I'm talking about my favorite movie and it's hackers. There's only one black dude in that movie, <laughs> one black. dude, yep. And he's like my favorite character. Cause he's like, his attitude is so like, He's like very serious, but playful at the same time. Right, right. And I feel, I feel like that's kind of how I am a little bit. I'm very serious about certain things, but I'll play with it just to be, keep it funny and light. And he went by Lord Nikon. Right, and right. I thought that was the dopest name. I was like, Lord Nikon. And I remember, I saw this movie before I was ever thinking about rapping. So I'm like, oh shit, his name is cool. And so now I'm like, I'm, and I'll never forget this. I'm sitting on the floor and I remember I'm going, Lord Nikon, Q Nikon, Q Nikon, Yeah. Yeah. That's my name. That's my name. And I got so excited. I jumped up. I called my boy. I was like, bro, DJ. I was like, "EJ, check it out. Here it is, man. My, my name is Q Nikon. That's what it is. He goes, oh, that sounds so futuristic. And I was yeah. like, and as soon as he said that, I was like, I am. I am the future. <laughs> okay. That's my, that's my thing. And then because I'm a martial artist, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the Bruce Lee of hip hop. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take every single style that's out there and take the best parts of it and make my own. Oh, that's so, what I'm gonna do. So like a G Kundo of rap? Yeah, that it is G, <laughs> that's pretty much my style. Cause somebody I remember people were telling me my style's East Coast, but it's really not. If you listen to it, it's it's it it isn't a coast at all. It is it's global. I'm taking right. everything. I'm taking from my my, you know, I'm taking from my roots and using every single bit of it to create the sound that I have and so and I and to be fair I don't know if my sound is good bad or and I'm just indifferent to it I it is me and you know let put it out so that's my long story to my name sorry about no, that No, that's
0: baby. cool man I appreciate that man so that's, so, that's the wave of- <laughs> so let, let's talk about another story okay because I don't think this interview is really going to go like in order it's not meant to be that way because it's kind of like your right. style right nothing's really in order just, <laughs> it just just comes out right you know it's dope yeah. it comes out it's not in order um talk about how you had a piece of your dreadlock in the source magazine because you were at the high hobo junction battle <laughs> let's talk about that connection where you had like you know a fingernail a picture of your fingernail in there.
2: <laughs> so um there's a couple of situations then i was in source magazine accidentally and that's like i don't know if that's a good thing
0: <laughs> being in so, it is better than nothing brother
2: right so it, all right so one of the okay so one of the times i was in source it was uh it was during um the issue where hiro was having an issue with um uh what do you call it with uh, hobo junction uh Safir's so one of my boys that's he's the homie i've actually got him on a track i haven't even put out yet it's coming soon but
1: oh shit, um, yeah i love that. so
2: yeah yeah, a lot of people don't know that Safir and Dell went to high school together. So, like, and I, I got to be around Dell. Dell's the homie too. So, like a lot of these cats, like, and I haven't talked to Dell in forever. I don't I don't even know if you remember my ass. Like, you know, like I just I feel lucky enough to even be around these cats, but um a lot of people don't realize they went to high school together. So they got to like not like the whole time, but they got to see each other's styles kind of develop. And uh, and this is right before Souls of Mischief came out. They had just done their their, uh, uh the taxi. single, which was the demo, and everybody was loving that shit, and then 93 Till Infinity was just like coming out, but it wasn't really out yet. We only knew it if you were underground, and we were at KMEL 106.1. 106.1. KMEL was the shit back in the day. Like, you could be in Sacramento and still hear KMEL if you were in the right place in the house with the radio just right, (laughs) and you would get these interviews and dope songs and underground tracks, and if you were recorded, you had tracks galore. Of stuff that just wasn't out. And um, uh, we just, and me and the crew from Sarcastics just happened to be out there at that time. We were just happened to be out in Oakland and, and uh, in the bay and we were there and the battle was crazy. And they, I'll be, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Sophia, <laughs> um destroyed a lot of people that night or that day. It was kind of wild. Like I had never seen nobody do that. And and I don't know if you know about people know about Saphir, but if you don't know about Saphir, he's probably the most one of the most intelligent gangsters I've been around. Like he's pretty gangster, but he talk he communicates with you in a way that's very. He almost seems like a corporate CEO. Yeah. About whatever whatever he's doing, and I he, appreciate you, that you about you. You have him.
0: a deep voice, but that dude got a deep voice. He's got like a Barry white voice. That, that guy. Yeah,
2: he does. <laughs> Uh, what does he sound like? Um, cruising, I'm losing money on gas. I pass a car with a star in it, in it. a steerphone, but that's the limit. <laughs> <a lemon. laughs> Otherwise, I am losing money too. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, like that he's, album. He's, is dope. That first album, all right, I hated on that first album, Boxcar Sessions. Boxcar Sessions I remember you know. from Sarcastics, he goes, Oh, you remind me, and I was 16, you remind me of this dude named Sophia. And I was like, What? He goes, Your style reminds me of Sophia. And he played it for me, and I was in a car like this, just <laughs> I remember sitting at the Cadillac just going like this and I looked at him I said this shit fucking sucks you know I'm young <laughs> and I'm just like well no, no this is my style you know and I'm just being, I'm being juvenile about it but- and I will I'll never forget this I remember listening to it again down the line and we went to Davis and I bought myself my own CD of it and I was like this shit is dope this shit is dope like the whole album is fresh like I can't I, and I was like, I can't hate on this guy. He's so dope. And it, and it pushed me to be better. It pushed me to be better. Like, it was like, you know what, like, get over that shit. But we were at that. And, I, and so, we were, so I was in the source kind of at, at that point there. But here's the one where you actually have me in the source. Uh, I moved to, this is years and years down the line. I moved to Portland. And this dude from LA, I'm trying to remember his name. I'm not I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm even going to say his name. I think his name was Obvious. Which is a really bad rap name because man, you just leaning into so many bad ideas. Um, I get to say so much, so many bad things about that, but he was messing with me when I first moved to Portland. He was like, Oh, you hang with the you've been around the far side and all these people, man. Whatever, dude. You're whack, you're whack. And I'm like, I never I don't even know who you are. Why are you bothering me? He met me at a he saw me at a show. Um, I remember it was the group pros and cons. They had this huge show at this place called 13th floor. It was right next to Widening Kennedy in Portland. And um, Wyden and Kennedy, you know, that's like they're like the biggest marketing company in the world for uh, okay. Starbucks and Nike and a bunch of people. But um, so there was that place was packed. And I'm standing there in the crowd and he walks up on me out of nowhere. And he's like, you ready? And I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? And he's like, are you ready? Let's go. And he just walks up on stage. And I'm like, this motherfucker doesn't understand who I am. Like, <laughs> and you know, and. and I, and, no, and it's real because I knew who I was at that point in the in the game. I've already known what I've done. I've done tours. I I know where I am. I stand, and I'm like, you know what? I walk up there with him, and uh, the DJ puts on this beat out of nowhere. The DJ looks at us and he just plays a beat. We're not even on. And I said, I look at the crowd and I said, "What's up, y'all? How y'all doing, Portland?" And they're like, "Oh," and I was like, "Okay, check it out." I said, "This cat just called me up and wants to battle me. Do you guys want to see this?" And they're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Are you sure?" Yeah, and 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 be fair. To be honest with you, that day. I learned crowd control. That day I learned crowd control. I did not, I don't like talking in front of large groups. I don't even like doing videos like this because it makes me nervous. Um, but I've learned that I like, if I'm under pressure, I do well under pressure. My right. back's against the wall, right. I can do it. There's nothing, I'm, I can only move forward. And well, so I've, seen perform,
0: pre- I've seen you perform um, and you can't tell that you're not comfortable. Like it's almost like you become possessed in a way. I fucking,
2: it is. It actually is. It's like, I, I'll go on stage and I'm, I've got butterflies and I'm nervous. I forget my lyric. I've literally forgot my lyrics up until the point of the mic being in my face. Like I'm not even fucking with you where I'm behind the back there with an earbud to my ear going, okay, fucking listen to my song. And it's like two seconds behind the DJ or ahead of the DJ. And I'm like, man, there's my first line. Okay. And I've got the mic and start doing it. And I'll just remember it all of a sudden, but it's like I, I get nervous. I don't I don't like talking in large crowds of people. So it's like it I don't know what that is. I just I don't know. But <laughs> people say I'm good at it. I just I just like whatever. So, um, so, but so what happened? So we're up there on stage and and he goes and and I mean man he was the worst. He yeah. was squealing and and it it was bad man. And I just looked at him and I and the crowd I looked at the crowd it was like watching Family Guy. Like, you know how the Family Guy will stop and look at the camera, like fourth wall break? Yeah. I was fourth time. wall breaking the whole time. I would look at him, look at the crowd and point at him like, are you serious right now? And the crowd would start laughing. They laugh. I mean, in unison. I was like, okay, I think they're with me. And so he gets done and he just throws the mic down on the floor. And I just look at the crowd and I bend down and I point at it and I say, should I pick that up? And they're all, yeah. And I'm like, all right, so I pick it up and I dust it off. <laughs> Blow, off. and I'm like yo that was garbage they all laugh and I'm like okay I was like y'all want to see me eat this dude up Now, like, yeah and I don't know what it was but I destroyed him I know I did I know I was being mean to him I was being real mean and at the end he t- I hand him the mic being nice to him and oh actually I didn't just hand him the mic when I was done you know how you drop the mic and you hold it by its cord like it's a dick I got done and instead of drop I just dropped it and held it like a dick and just stared at him he just steered him like this, just mmm. Like, and the crowd back. was like, ah, they're going so crazy. They're going so crazy. And then, and I swung the mic back into my head and I said, and that's how you get hurt. And he grabs another mic from behind and goes, fuck you guys. You guys don't like to hear anything that's new. Oh, throws the mic down and rocks off the stage. And I went, I was like, oh, I don't mean, oh my God, on stage. I'm like, oh. I was like, that was unexpected. And I said, That was unexpected, and the crowd laughed. I said, well, folks, that's what it looks like when you bitch out on the mic. I don't know what to tell you. And then I remembered in my homeboys from Pros and Cons, I said, so who's ready to see Pros and Cons? And the whole crowd, the whole place exploded. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, all right, my name's Q Nikon. I'm about to step off the stage. I'll give you guys a good night. Peace. (laughs) Put the mic and I walk off. Everybody's giving me love. And that was my introduction to Portland. And uh, I want to say what, it was like a week later. I'm laying in the bed and I'm asleep. It's 11 o'clock in the morning and and I don't, you know, and I get a phone call. I pick up my phone and it's my homegirl Jara, And she's like, Hey, you need to grab the source magazine. And I'm all, why? She goes, you're in it. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just hang up on her and I go back to sleep. And she she called me right back and I pick it up. She's like, no, seriously, you need to go to get source magazine. You're fucking in it. And I was like, are you serious? So I hang up, put clothes on, walk down the street, go to the corner store. There's the source, pick it up, flip through it, Portland. Uh, source is in portland oregon we were there to see x show but we ended up seeing y and i was like holy shit and they had my name in it and all this other shit and you saw me just oh just like in mid like speech destroying this dude
0: what what uh what issue was that
2: it okay i i if i recall the one that that one was in was i'm trying to I swear to God, it was the one where Dmx's face was on the cover, full black and white, all up close on his face. Right. I think that was the one. Like I, I, they, I, re, I remembered in my mind because I was just like I tried to keep it, and you know, years of I trying know. to keep stuff. And moving. I lost it, and then the other one, I lost that one too. And that was like they had me on there again, but it, was, and they were there for a completely different show. They were there to see Old Dominion, <laughs> but then I was on stage battling somebody again. And they they had me pictures of me battling, but they had Old Dominion's name and the stuff. And I was like, Ah, <laughs> uh, I got. And you. my boy said that my boy said uh, that they took pictures because my shit was more exciting than what was going on. And I was like, That's crazy because Old Dominion basically rocked that whole show, and I was just battling for like ten minutes. Right, right, So
1: it was, <laughs> I got
2: it, it, was, it was. It told me something about myself as an artist. It was like you know, just you know, the energy that you're putting out there. You gotta like do something with it I mean, I don't know I either I don't know if I did something right if I did something wrong um I'm not rich yet (laughs) well
0: I mean you're still doing it now and I mean you haven't given up that passion so you did something right but um but so you so you're originally from Sacramento right um
2: I I mean we'll say we'll say yeah that's where I grew up most of a good chunk of my life like I actually
0: grew up and then you transitioned to Portland Oregon right So where does where does the sick medics come into play? Uh, Is it uh, like what did you do after after this whole battling thing? Were you part of sick medics or were you part of another group? And then eventually, like let's let's
1: it.
0: It's weird because
2: okay, so when I first moved to Portland, I'm talking about the very first week. I didn't really get a chance to like stop moving because I met everybody who was doing hip hop in Portland, even Old Dominion because. Old Dominion was just transitioning over to Portland from Seattle. I'm talking about like Dom, Henri, and all of them were coming over. So I my first day, I'm talking about first day, I just dropped into Portland on plane. First few hours I met um, the homie named Rico who introduced me to Dom. And then Dom's birthday I want to say was like a few, like a week later. And so like I'm talking about I got to meet everybody. So I met I met Old Dominion, I met Pros and cons. I met. Um. There was a group called Trash Heap. What about Um, grassroots? Uh, there was. They. Who else? I'm trying to remember all the people. I don't remember everybody. There was too many people. There was just too many people out there at the time making so much music, and so I came out there, and just met everybody. And then Sick Medics was not Sick Medics yet. Right. They were Salem's Lot. Oh, really? And. Yeah, they were Salem's lot first.
0: Were they affiliated with even, Old Dominion?
2: No, they were on their own shit. They oh. were actually so the funny thing, Old Dominion was big on their own way. Salem's lot was big in its other in another way. Like it was taken over on its own, and they were they were literally just transitioning over to sick medics because they were rolling with like they were hanging with like the claim and shit. So the claim is from Salem. And so like, you know what I mean? So they were they were knowing him and stuff. And so they were all doing that. And I met Clint Partee from uh, another group called Children of the Thorn. And I was like dialect and sulfur and, and all these other cats, Soldier 17 and all these other other cats. So I was like, okay, so I'm kicking it with them. And and I remember Clint saw me do a show and he was like, you're really dope. And He's like, to be fair, man, this man is an incredible producer, like if you saw him, you wouldn't think he produces a damn thing, but that man is, he's got more soul in his pinky finger than most people I know who who try to do soul music, like Neo Soul and shit. That dude has soul. I don't know where it comes from, but he is digging into the ether of the universe for Neo Soul. It's incredible. Um, But he he, he was the one who came at me and was like, yo, you need to be on this track that I'm doing with my new group, with this group I'm in called Sick Medics. And I was like, Sick Medics? I never heard of you guys. And he brings me and in, introduces me to them. And, they, and and I'm going to tell you something, like um, between you, me and the whole universe, Sick Medics was probably one of the most influential groups I've ever been in in my entire life. Because I've never been in a group where every single person in the group can pretty much all do the same thing. Everybody's a graffiti artist and not just kind of good, hella good. Oh, Everybody wow. can produce, not just kind of produce, hella produce with anything you put in their hands. Everyone can rap. Everyone can DJ. That was like, and then a couple of them, even b-boy, which is just incredible. Like that made me feel like, I don't know, like, man, I I, I, like, I was, I I felt like I was like, you know, when you bronze something and you just, that's I felt bronzed because I was like, this is dope. I'm surrounded by dopeness. There's nothing but freshness around me. So like, it was easy to create like at any given moment. And so Clint was like, you need to be in his group. I did this one song with him. And I don't know if it was control the robot. No, it was from the, it was from the album, make a wish foundation. And I don't remember the name of the song, but it was a really dope song. And, and they were like, yo, you need to be in the group. And I was like, at that time I was like, I don't know about groups. I don't know about groups. Cause I don't, you know, and they were like, no, you should be in the group. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So I'm in this, and it wasn't a group. It was a collective. We just made compilations and we weren't all always on the songs but we worked together and put out albums and Clint usually was a spearheading all of them pretty much for the most part. Uh, my favorite one is my favorite two uh, that we did is make a wish foundation which was, which was produced by Clint party and um, MGSO four, which was uh, produced by uh, Davis Cleveland, who is the owner of Hab sauce. Um, if you haven't had uh, Hab sauce, no, check out Hab sauce. H a B sauce. The man has a whole company yeah. now. He's in Winco Foods and stuff, so he's killing it. Is he?
0: Good That's shit. Good. good shit, man. He's killing it right
2: now. I'm Dude, I'm still trying to man.
0: find those Sick Medic CDs. I can't find them anywhere. I'm trying. To to
2: I, I just looked one up as we were talking, and I looked up Sick Medics, and it's M E D I K S, and right. I couldn't hold on. Sick Medics, because I couldn't find them, which was it. All right, Sick Medics music and artists, Bandcamp, and then there's some MySpace. Holy shit. We're still on MySpace. Hold on, we might have them on MySpace if <laughs> MySpace even works. Like it's funny, MySpace is doing this weird thing right now where
0: it's like, Mwah! it's showing a picture yeah. of our <laughs> of the band you guys uh, did art on, right? Yeah, I'm sitting on it, smoking yeah. a
2: cigarette. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, music. I'm trying to. Oh, here we go. Oh wait, holy shit, there's stuff on here. So, alcohol bath, okay, so uh, Bad Product Instrumental, 45 Cal, 45, Cal was a good song. (laughs) I'm trying to see if I, no, that was like, 45 Cal was like one of the really good songs we did. Like, I'm surprised we don't, damn, these are here. So it looks like they're on MySpace, but I don't know if we can.
0: So how many albums did they drop? Two? One, two, three, four, four. Four
2: or five. Four or five we put out. I want to say 5 most likely. I want to say 5 because there was a couple of random ones we had floating around.
0: Right. I I I'm I'm going to hunt them down. I'm going to get them one day.
2: I'm trying to, man, cuz we had I'm looking at the one that uh Davis and his brother did cuz they're both DJs and graffiti artists. Um which again, that's what I'm saying, like that shit is dope. There's a group uh the album um Pat McGroin um with uh that's EOS and and, and and a bang of tangs that's eos and the, and davis they both did those albums um and it's funny because i have like i have a bunch of albums that i didn't even put out which is just stupid like people i'm always looking at them going why did i put that out <laughs> like I'm, I'm still sitting on them I'm like oh shit. hold on check this out all right, all right all right we're having we're having a um it's a reunion right now hey why don't you say what's up yo you there yo 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 what to do just so <laughs> y'all know quest the unborn child is called <laughs> <laughs> look
1: at yo. this guy bro he's, he's not even
0: photobombing he's not even photobombing he's like he's like vocal bombing bro <laughs> <laughs>
2: how are you gonna vocal bomb the fucking interview though Quest, how you doing, bro? Chillin',
1: my brother.
2: How y'all doing? We're kicking it. I'm talking to Cabrera right now <laughs> during an interview. You called. It's perfect. This is even better. This is actually even better because I met just like, hey, y'all watching this. I actually met like both of these two together kind of around the, like, I'm talking about exactly the same time as Like, I think, Chris, you put him on to me or I don't know. Yeah, when I
0: was coming okay. out, you no no, no. Put Let me, me on tell. The quest. Let me tell the real story. Okay, you tell the story. I don't care real the story, bro. Me. Let me tell the real story. Okay, I was building with you for about months. Okay, because I had did a, I had done a review on something that you you were doing. I already had been talking to Quest already for for a while. You wanted to know if you can come down and do a performance out here because I had a connection with this place called Tatami, which was a Saki lounge. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Yes, yes. Remember? Okay. And so I was like, yeah, I said, yes, come on down. You can stay with me now. Granted, mm-hmm. I'm not single. I'm a married man and I didn't clear it with the wife. So you remember that? Right. So you come down, I pick you up real late at night from the airport. Yep. You come in, you sleep in my son's room. I'm, I think I sleep on the couch. I'm not sure. Cause whatever. Anyway, Next day my wife is like, Who is this man that I don't know sleeping in my son's room? You know, <laughs> and then at the end, you wind up staying with Quest because I had to plead to Quest, yo, please do me this favor. I don't want to send this guy back home. He's super cool. I want to hang out with him. I think we should just build and maybe we can do something. And that's how it all started. You wound up staying with Quest. Yeah. Yeah, that's exact. Yeah, that's exactly him. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> say what? Say it again.
0: And then we adopted you. <laughs> <laughs> adopted. We adopted. Yep, 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 yep. So we we got to thank we got to thank my wife for the whole thing. So you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? Thank, you. thank, thank your wife, Cypher Seven. Your wife is incredible. She created the connection. <laughs> That's what we needed. That was wild. That was. It, wild. it was wild too. It. I mean, and and what made me laugh is, uh, I will say, uh, Quest Kids, man they, like, we connected, like, immediately. I was like, oh, shit, his kids are cool. Like, his yeah, kids are, like, a bunch of little hip-hop heads.
0: Yeah, his kids are dope, man.
2: Yeah, man, like, I didn't even get a chance to really build with, with your little man. Like, he's, he was cool, too, though. I was like, all right, well, like, you guys are, like, I don't know, yeah, yeah, you know, good shit. Um, <laughs> Quet. Yo. Let me call you back as soon as I'm done with this interview. Yeah, no,
1: do you think? do
2: you think? Yeah, 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 I got you, um, Cause I got you know, I gotta I gotta I gotta go with you too. Cause you know. I love you brother I love, you, brother. I love you,
0: brother. Love you, brother.
2: Why you sound all tired and shit? Wake I up. No, tired. Know, I have <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Oh
2: my god. All right, I'm gonna hang up with you. I'm gonna call you back. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. This that's crazy did you tell him no i didn't tell him nothing i didn't tell him dog that's that's synchronicity yeah that's synchronicity yeah that's crazy man like that's that's the way the universe yeah i didn't tell him nothing man sometimes you just let the universe unfold as it's supposed to and it does what it's supposed to do i don't know what's really going on but um but yeah i i was just looking i can't i so i can see sigmatic songs um so I know for sure, I know this for a fact, on one of my computers, I actually have MGS04. I'm the only person right, who has it digitally. I had the CD, I found it. And it was like, I'm talking about the CD was literally coming apart. I threw it in a CD player and burned the songs and was like, oh, thank God. So I will send you MGS04. I still Please. have that. Please. And then, um, I will send you um i think i have make a wish foundation as well so i'll give you those albums i know i still have them i want to i honestly want to remaster them and put them out again what? dude because do it do they it were they were really dope
0: yes please in my
2: opinion yeah. i okay. might just give it to to see if they want to remaster it which is the label i'm on now
0: yeah do it man i mean why not you know that's that's mm-hmm. history right there you know what i'm saying um it really is and it's and the thing is like you know uh I know at times that as artists sometimes you guys think that nobody really cares there's people out there that care bro you know what i mean like yeah i contacted you because i cared you know what i mean because that that's how profound your music and and the group sigmetics were to me at that time you know and same thing with quest i I reached out to quest same thing his music was profound i cared about it i i reached out to him you know what i mean so let's 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 get back into the whole sigmetics thing and then so you release all these albums, and then you're not with Sick Medic's anymore. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but what what happened where you're not with them anymore? Now you're you're doing your own thing. Um. Okay. It, I guess the
2: short story. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little vulnerable here. All it's right. are right. Um. As an artist, I am not the most easy to work with. I know that for a fact because I'm very I I I get serious about shit and I take especially the time I take things pretty seriously because I don't. I don't, I feel like I don't have time to waste. And I know that as, and, and there's going to be motherfuckers that will attest to this. I w- can, I will be overbearing sometimes because I'm, and that's if I don't right. see something happening. If we're just sitting around wasting time. I get fidgety right. and it pisses me off. And so I don't, I know that that was part of it is that I just wanted to move forward. And I felt like not everybody was always in the same space. Right. But then the also other piece was, is that as, as grown ass men, we were, you know, we're doing, we're you know, you got to grow and do shit, your shit. Eos was a was a young, was old, is older than me, but he had a child. I didn't have a child yet. You know what I mean? He's got a little, he's got two children actually, two daughters. And so like, he's trying to raise his kids and do music and he's actually out there doing shows, going to Kinko's, making flyers and post- I'm like, goddamn. you know what I mean? And then you got uh, uh, Kango. He's one of our cats on the crew. He's got hella kids and shit and a wife. And like, that's what I'm saying. So like, you got people, Some people were young. Some people were older. Some people in the middle. I was in the middle. And so everybody had to like kind of grow up and do shit. And so we ended up just kind of we tried to make a business called Substance Mixed Media for a bit. We were doing it, but we didn't. I don't think we were thinking business like. And I remember the conversation at a bar um, uh, with Eos. We were at a bar one night and he said to me, I don't want to run everything. I just want to be, I just want somebody to tell me what to do so I can make some shit and then just have fun. And at that night I understood what he was, t- I didn't understand and then, but I understood what he meant, uh, you know, and I don't want to run everything. I don't like trying to do everything. So that type of stuff will kind of like discourage you. So I think part of it is we got discouraged because we weren't moving forward as fast as we should have. Cause we had the potential, we had all of the talent. We just didn't use all of our resources looking back. I think we just didn't use our resources and we had our own little internal bullshit that we were dealing with so. um But then I go off and I do my own thing because that's what I started as. And so I'm like, okay, so I keep doing my own thing and I feel like I'm doing well. Um, and then I get in a couple of other groups. I was in a group called Planet Earth with the homie Sulphur and we did, yeah. that did pretty well. Uh, um, that actually did really well. Microsoft was picking stuff up, but then I had to get out of that group because there was just some random shit I wasn't feeling going on there. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I made the album You Don't Call Me No More which is the one I think you did a review you actually did do a review on that
0: one. I did a and, review on that and um but I didn't know that the You Don't Call Me No More came out after The Project Plan to Earth.
2: So um it was it was actually at the same time. So me it? I don't work on one album at a time. I'll work on one album and then I'll work on a side project because uh I don't you know what I mean it lets me kind of just I'll have an idea I'll be working on one thing and it'll spark an idea. And I'll be like, "Ah, oh, okay, let me just do this real quick. Leave mm-hmm. that going. So almost like I've set the ball rolling and then I start trying to finish the other piece. Yeah, so I, I can understand. come back and keep it going. Well, so yeah. Um, Planet, yeah, Planet Earth was made in um, 30 days. Yeah, I remember. 18, yeah. Track, 18 tracks, 30 days. You Don't Call Me No More was done in two months, 10 tracks. 11 tracks, really, if you count the hidden track, but 10, right. 11 tracks. And so You Don't Call Me No More was produced by Clint. And that album was like, um, that was probably one of my most, for me, I got to actually be myself, like like truly be, my, be myself and actually feel like I was doing something. And I listened back on that album and it doesn't, it's weird. I, I'm like, damn, I'm doing some stuff that I would have never would have thought of doing, you know, and it's me. And uh, it's hard to try and recapture that. So Planet Earth was me when, when Planet Earth came out and it didn't. And what's funny is it didn't actually come out. It didn't actually come out. That album was probably the most where I'm actually not commercial, but I'm more palatable. It's not so uh, lyrically intense. It's right. lyrical and yes. heartfelt, and you can feel it. You know, I had somebody cry at one of our shows. A lady cried at one of our shows, and I remember looking at the homie like, "This woman is crying. This is crazy. What is going on?" Was that the song, you know, you're
0: touching? Was that the song you did uh, for Obama?
2: Yep, dear Mr. President. I hope that you get this letter in the mail because this is important. You've been saying yes we can for a minute and I hope you really mean it because we need it. Dear Mr. President. And what really messes me up about that song is I remember when I I actually, uh, I had a dream about that song. I was sleeping and I had a dream. I woke up out of my dream, wrote the lyrics instantly out of my dream, like half awake, went over to the motif six, made the beat, the beat is only, the beat is drum kick, a kick, snare, hi hat, two keys on it, no, four keys on the piano, and that's it. And then um, a sample from Obama. And then I and I remember what I needed. It was the dear Mr. President. And I said, it doesn't matter if I'm saying it. It matters if there's someone younger than me saying it. Right. So my daughter, three years old, yeah. I said, come here. <laughs> I said, I need you to say. And I have I'm holding her. I said, I need you to say, dear Mr. President. And she goes, dear Mr. President. And I was like, oh! And I, as soon as I put it together. It made, it made, it it made, you know, when you get the chills up your neck. Yeah. I knew what this song was. I knew what it was. And I was like, okay. And I I remember I called sulfur up, yo, here's the beat. I sent it to him. Write your verse. Please come over here and recorded it. He came over that day, that night and recorded it. He was like, oh my God. It just, like this came out of him. We put it out the very next day. Microsoft jumped on it and put it out. And it was, yeah, the Microsoft put paid money for that song. That song was incredible. Like, to me, um, I I don't even remember. I'm trying to remember what I said in that song. I remember I said a couple of things in that song, but I don't know. But the song, I don't know, that that album was very powerful. So I've been trying to recapture that and make that. So this new album I'm working on right now is literally a culmination of everything I've ever done and recreating it now. And now it's it's more relevant. Yeah. So it's like an anthology, Um, right? Yeah, it's an anthology. But now... The new shit is, I've <clears throat> I, I noticed with my albums, I always made, they're, my albums are like comic books. And it's funny yeah, because I look at, right. I look at you and I laugh. I'm like, you guys are late. My albums were always in a, I always had a multiverse in my albums. <laughs> you Don't Call Me No More is Q Nikon, but it's in a different realm. Right. Versus medics versus Planet Earth, versus Kinetic MCs, versus all this different shit. Like they're, it's a multiverse and it's different versions of me but i'm always looking at myself i just said it in one of my songs I'm, i said i'm i'm trying i said uh i'm trying to find my own timeline trying to find out how to get back to mine and it's like i am i'm trying to get back to my own timeline i feel like i'm stuck in beach i keep traversing through all these different points and i'm like trying to figure out where i am but i'm all of it and it's crazy with music especially now so like now the new albums are i'm focusing more as like a comic book i want them to be something you can actually look at and be like this is this is dope you know right right you know
0: all right so let's get into your um because you know you've you've explained that you were able to do shows with like Cairo and Saphir and all these really ill dudes but uh get into your connection with uh Ice-T like, how does that happen? Uh, cool Keith, how does that happen? Prince Poe, how does that happen? Because <laughs> these guys are like idols to me, particularly Prince Paul. Yeah. All of them, As much as I love Ice-T and I respect them and Cool Keith, like, Organized but Confusion oh, is man. one of my ultimate favorite rap groups. So how did I, how does that it's all cool. happen?
2: Um, who put me on to them? Uh, okay, so I was, I was working on a song. Oh, okay, You Don't Call Me No More I was being worked on, and I had this company that was trying to pick me up. But they were trying to steal my shit. I was crazy. Oh. <clears throat> they, had, they thought they had the masters, but they didn't. They had like the prelims. And so he was, he, and he had a connection with Prince Poe. And he was like, oh, you know, Prince Poe heard your album and wants to be on this one track because I didn't have a verse for it yet. And it was called uh, Shinobi.
0: Yeah. Dark Shin, excuse me, Dark right. Shinobi. Dark, Dark Shinobi. Dark, Dark Kenobi. Shinobi Dark Shinobi that song, is, <laughs> <laughs> that song is tight too. I love that song. I listen I mean I
2: listen to that album and it doesn't it, it feels like I'm listening to someone else. It
0: feels really who is, good. Who was the female um, on it?
2: Um that was somebody I used to be with. Okay, okay. Uh no no, no it's all good. It's all good. She was somebody <laughs> I used to be with at the time and she didn't she wasn't really into hip hop like that. She just liked music, but, right, and, right. but her voice was real sultry. And I was like, "Right, it was." Really and I was like I need you and it's funny I had to coach her on it and I was like okay and I'm gonna tell you this is, this is literally what I said to her I don't know can I, be, can I be like can I say like can I be like whatever can I say whatever what do you mean like like what I'm gonna all right yeah, bleep this shit out you know I'm, no, okay. I'm not bleeping um, nothing out I, I looked at her and I said okay I need you to say this like you're about to fuck the shit out of me like you are looking at me and we're about to fuck and she goes she thinks about it, she goes, okay. And I was like, Oh god. right then and there, I was like, Oh, she's about to do something. I had to walk out of the room because so I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> I got so I walked too. out of the room, I was like, Nope. I don't even want her even thinking about me being in the room. And then I came back, she's like, All right, I'm done. Came back in there and I listened to it. And I was like, I went, Oh my gosh, looked <laughs> at her and I went, Yep, that's perfect. That's <laughs> oh my god, I was like, Jesus. And um I think, I think up to be more accurate, I think I said, make it sound like you just got penetrated. Oh <laughs> shit,
0: that's even, that's <laughs> I remember saying
2: <laughs> look in my eyes like, I know what you mean. And I'm like, yeah. Ooh, okay, I gotta leave. This is gonna be weird. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I guess he heard the song and I didn't have a verse yet in it, and another second verse. And he was like, I wanna put a second verse in there. And it was just like a short section. And I'm like, I want him to do a whole verse. So I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I'll just let him put it on. I was like, go ahead let him do it. And he did it and he, and he sent it back. And it was dope. Like his verse was killing it. He said the dopest shit. I was like, he's right on. And the song worked out. And so uh, after that, Poe hit me up. Um, he was coming to town to do some shit. And I was all right. like, all
0: right, Q, hold up on one second, real quick. Hmm? So what? your response right to his verse was like, he actually did something. And, and is that because when guys feature on other people's stuff, they tend to not go all out? Is that why you say that? No, they don't.
2: Yeah, they don't. Because like, Kato, okay, to be really fair, I got, I have Tame, I have Tame One on one of my songs from wow. Artifacts. Wow, yeah. But, you know, but, Rash, but my homie Rashid, though, or Rahid, excuse me, Rahid, did not fucking, he like, I love you to death, man, but your verse is, it's meh. It's yeah. meh. I, and that's why I didn't put it out. It's meh. Like I if it, you didn't and, and I you don't have to pay me and I would have did some dope fucking shit. I gave him a little bit of money just because it's love, man. I love these cats, you know what I mean? And and I know you, but I'm, I'm gonna give you some loot cuz you're doing something out of the goodness of your heart. It's part of your energy. It's out there. You should at least get some some compensation, but when you put a verse out that's meh, come on, man. At the very least, I'm asking you're doing 16, Nah, You're doing what? 32 bars. Right. Just drop 32 bars, dope. It ain't nothing. That ain't nothing on you, man. You could, you could fart out 32 bars I that are know. sick.
0: him, he can do it easy.
2: <laughs> Easily, and so the fact that he gave me some mad ass verses, I was just like, I can use them, but all right, dude, whatever, man. And to be fair, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's the beat, but that's where you gotta be honest about shit. If the beat don't work for you, say that. I'll give you a different beat. I'll yeah. give you something else, something that you're feeling so you can actually rock hard. Safir, he rocked hard on the shit. He rocked hard on the shit. You know what I mean? Poe, he rocked hard on the shit. And so I'm like, "Who? Keith, Keith just did a song with me um, called uh, we, Can, you know, uh, we Can Do It. It's about, you know, about about buying shit and it's dope. It's just, it's dope. And so like, you're gonna do some dope shit dope. So, but when I heard Poe, I was like, damn, he actually, he fucking killed it. And it, it made the song so much better and I was excited. And so he came out and we, we hung out. He actually met my daughter. And that's that's my daughter's god godfather. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, hey. like I he like met my daughter, like hugged, like hugged her, <laughs> sat at the house, ate dinner with me and shit, and kicked it, and like saw my process. He actually saw my recording process and was like giving me love. And I told him, and, and to meet you in your world, like our world. I told him to his face, I was like, you need to understand, you and Pharaoh were my high school, like that was my anthem, the second album. That was my anthem for high school. Yeah. Like every day I listen to that album. First album, you know, with Fudge Pudge and everything. Yeah. yeah it was that cool. was good. I on Yeah, the, on the tables. Yeah. That second, second album. One. Yep. That's a whole nother level. Equinox doesn't even hit that. Right. Equinox that is dope. Album, yeah, but it's, it's, not- dope. it's dope. It's dope. It's dope. But it's not that second album, man. That second album was like the mm, kiss kiss, chef kissy face man like damn and i told him i was like you don't understand you influenced my style like you and pharaoh made helped curate my style like i learned talk about some real shit talk about some real shit don't don't you know stray bullet the song stray bullet yeah brother you know like black sunday all those songs man you're just like if you listen to me like fuck Uh, I I I never, like, it's funny, I easily get more graphic than the Neo Geo, graphic um, chip when you uh, in between my lips. Like he just says some crazy shit, you're like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even fuck around with this dude. Call me Bishop, Bishop takes Rook, Rook takes Pawn, Pawn takes takes, Knight, Knight takes Queen, Queen queen takes takes, the original King James Version. I'm searching up when I'm emerging.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, that's dope. All clergymen be urging me to call them a virgin when to say the least. Who can you trust when the priest is now the beast? Who, what, why? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Just, oh. That, like it gets me excited even now just thinking about it, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I listen to shit now and nothing's doing that. Like, people no. try to give it love, but nothing's really doing that. Nothing's really making you just, just light that fire in your gut. Right. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. So, yeah. So that's how I, and so Poe and them, like, I met them. I met him and <clears> him and I just cultivated a friendship from that. And then with Keith and like so, Keith and Ice T. I met Keith, and um, I met Keith years ago. I was 16, 17 years old. I met Keith. actually, me and Keith just talked a lot not recent, not long, not long ago. Recently, and he remembered it. He goes, and, and it's funny because him and his wife were on the phone with me. Him and Sharon, and I started doing Keith's voice, and Sharon started dying. She goes, "Oh my God, <laughs> that's what you sound like." <laughs> and he was like, "I said." She goes, "She goes, do it, do it." And I said, "All right, so I'm, like, I'm gonna do Keith's voice." Go ahead. If you ask 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 me a question. Is it? Uh, I was cool, Keith, and I'll tell you, I'll respond to you like Cool Keith would. Like Cool Keith, why do you carry a brief?
0: Cool Keith, why do you carry a briefcase with lingerie in it?
2: Oh yeah, you know, yeah, lingerie. So uh, I just be walking around, you know, just I like that because you know you gotta be prepared. You never know anything might go down. It might be a party, exclusive party, and you know you just gotta make sure cats be on their shit. So cats be cats don't understand, man. I like you know lingerie is important because these girls they love that shit. You know, he'll do shit like that. She started dying. She was like, Oh my God. And Keith goes, yeah, you know, I, I said, Keith, your thing is, is that you, you don't give a fuck. You'll start talking about some shit and tangent off about all types of shit. It don't matter. And it's, and people will just listen to you. You're, you're, you're interesting. And he starts laughing, but Keith is like that and in and his lyrics. And um, I met Keith years ago and he goes he remembers us walking around and i met and we hung out in portland we were he's a sneakerhead he's a sneakerhead if you didn't know that he's a sneakerhead and me he oh, remembers yeah. us looking for sneakers it's funny he knows my woman uh he he went he hung out with my girl who is from uh, project blow by the way yeah um he hung out with my girl back in the day in uh, in vegas shopping around for lingerie <laughs> Uh, with her and her homegirl, and he's supposed to be doing a show. And she's like, why are we going to lingerie shop? She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I got to be prepared for these shows. <laughs> He'll do shit like take lingerie and, like, um, make a diploma and then tie it up with lingerie and give it to pe- women at shows. Yeah, like, this motherfucker crazy. threw chicken at people at a show one time. Chicken. Yeah. Chicken. Like, like, like Ziploc bags chicken. of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he had Ziploc bags of chicken with, um, a wet nap and a Capri Sun in it, and was throwing it at people at a show one time, and people that's started throwing it back at him. It was dope. No, he he stopped the show. He was like, hold on, stop the show. Stop this fucking show. He goes, hey, I bought that chicken for you. You eat this chicken. You eat that chicken right now. I remember watching people pick those Ziploc bags up, open them up, and start eating the chicken. And I'm just like, that is crowd control. God that damn. Is, that's a that's
0: hella, hella, that's hella crowd, crowd control, man. Like We're throwing the
2: chicken back at him. He stopped the whole show and said, no, fuck that. You eat that fucking chicken. I got that chicken for you. And just so you know, I was there when he had that conversation with the promoter. That shit was hilarious. He told the promoter he wanted 280 free range chickens in Ziploc bags with wet naps and a Capri Sun. Literally, that is verbatim what he said. The the, the promoter just looked at him like, for real? He's like, I'm serious. 280 free range chickens in, in Ziploc bags with a Capri Sun and a wet nap. You're like, all right. Wow. And I remember the homies were sitting back there in the green room opening some of them up, trying to eat them, and he got hella mad. What the fuck are you doing? That's not for you. He kicked them out.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Qbert's looking at him like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah, like, I'm, looking like, on? <laughs>
1: I'm
2: looking at him like, oh, y'all done fucked up. Oh, God, here we go. I just stayed away from him. I'm like, I'm not, yeah. I don't know them. I guess the that, but uh and then uh yeah, that's what I meant, and I have known Keith for years. And so like the it was just doing shows and like being part of analog brothers, it's being just part of analog brothers, yeah. like you know, and ice tea. Um I did uh so if you watch the movie uh, The Art of Rap, that Ice T movie. If when he is when he is um interviewing Pharrell Manch and there's a couple of other scenes, he's wearing my clothes. I designed for him.
0: So is that the power yep. by hate?
2: Yep powered by hate was the name of the company um and i was the lead designer on it designing all the gear so 90 percent of the shit that he's wearing that's powered by hate is mine like i think all of it is mine all of you doing that it was funny because he me and uh, me and ice were talking about it and he and he's he's a cool ass cat by the way he's super smart man and he was talking to me about the whole plan and what he wanted it and i asked him what's powered by hate and he broke it down to me and i was like that's dope that's dope okay so i made the gear for him but then he had to pull back on it because um i guess something was going on with him and coco and they were doing their own thing i was actually working on coco's line too it was going to be called coco couture which at the time i told her don't do that because couture right. is going to go you know right. what i mean it's just a it's a it doesn't mean anything
0: are they still thank together? god she didn't are they still
2: together I, I think so. I think so. It's hard to get a hold of Ice now, man. He's got a new manager, and his manager is not so hot on letting people who've been on him for years talk to him.
0: Yeah, I mean he's doing Ziploc commercials right now.
2: Yeah, like I yeah, like I hear him all the time, like on shows. You know, he goes. Like, it was a dark night up in Boston. His <laughs> cats don't understand really what's going on, but the cops, but the cops. They got their lives to worry about. Like that's how, that's what he sounds like. And I told Ice too. I told I did that to Ice too. He laughs. So I'd be doing. I was like, like I said, Ice, I can do your voice. He's like, oh, for real. I was like, yeah. Like you'll talk to me. Like look, man, I've been around the block a few times. I know what's going on. And he started laughing. And <laughs> he goes, Yeah, that is what I sound like. And I asked him. I said, Why didn't you uh, do the Rick and Morty? Why didn't you do your voice for Rick and Morty? And he was like, They didn't even ask me. And I was like, I don't know. whoever did it did a pretty good job. <laughs> I care now. <laughs> I care now, but um, yeah, that's that's my connections Like I like, and I and honestly, like I just I just feel privileged to even like be around those cats, man. Like you know what I mean? Because well, not a lot of legends like do that. No, nah, they're legends, and they they literally <laughs> shaped the game. They like they didn't just they weren't just in it. They were the game. Like like motherfuckers wouldn't have known anything about really being gangster if it wasn't for Ice tea and those cats, man. Like seriously. Seriously. They brought street shit to the world and made it, like, cool.
0: Right. In Vogue. Mm. So let's talk about your creative process, man, your inspirations, right? Like, what do you get? How, how does that like, come about? Like, like, let's talk about your creative process and what inspires you to do the things that you do and then uh, go into detail uh, on how you create how you create a balance between all your projects. Because, like you said, you can handle probably, like, Four or five projects at the same time you know simultaneously how does that all work out like how does your brain work man so i don't know um yeah like (laughs) i was like thinking about it um so i don't know
2: too many people know um uh, as an artist i i have been i am a renaissance man like i do everything so like i you know I, i make i produce i do graphic design motion graphics um i write screenplays i do every and i'm and and i'm and that and that's the thing about being a renaissance man somebody was explaining it to me you know there's people out there who do a lot of different stuff but and they're okay at it you know what i mean and they're good at like one thing right where renaissance people like they put their hands on something they're good at it and they're really and they can do it really well and it's for me it it's hard to to do one project and not have it explode into a thousand other ideas it's it's like a thought hitting your synapses and it goes and I and honest okay so i have synesthesia i don't know if people know what that is and i'll I'll explain that's when uh your brain is is wired a certain way while you're being developed where some people can taste words or see colors when they you know i mean so um my mom has it i have it my daughter is a whole nother level she's like a damn mutant from the x-men um (laughs) Like no lie, no lie. Like she can feel. She's very empathic. She can feel how you're feeling. It's weird. It was weird. No lie. One time I was sitting there and I had this little thought about her. Like it was like, oh my god. And she just touched me. She's like, it's okay. And I looked. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? She just looked at me. It's okay. And I'm like, uh, all right. But um, so for me, I I see. I can see sounds. So like that sound, I see that. I can see the color and kind of this little thing of it. And it, in it. And as, and as a painter, and as a draw, as an artist, as I draw it, it gives me a bunch of ideas. And, I, and the ideas, I don't know, they're connected in a way I study the brain because my mom's had six strokes, six. Damn. And I wanted to learn about the brain since I was a kid. So like I used to, I've been studying it a long time. So I've learned what it does and the connections that we make and the type of connections that it does. So my brain works in a way where like, if I have one idea, that idea can give me so many there's so many avenues to get to that idea so i like currently right now um i'm working on a song called dose and it's the song is about okay the beat is called dose i didn't know what the song was about yet but when i heard the song it gave me the idea to make a song about influencers and i'm like okay uh, i'm gonna make a song about influencers but what can i write about and this is literally how my thought process goes i'm like okay well Everybody writes about. Well, you know, let's just talk about what influencers are doing right now. Are they really helping what's going on? No, they're kind of playing around right now. They're just like, they fake people out to make them think that their lives are so great. That's what Instagram's all about. It's to give people a the best version of your life. So let's talk about that. You know what? It kind of reminds me of. It's like they it kind of people are like crackheads, man. They're like killing themselves, sitting on cliffs and shit to take a picture and falling off the cliff. Huh? You know what? I'm gonna make a song called, I'm gonna make the song, call it Dose. I'm gonna talk about this song as if influencers are crackheads. Yeah, and I'm gonna use the 90s version of crackheads. You know what? I'm gonna do a video where I'm in a house basically sitting around with a bunch of people as crackheads. The idea is they're sitting there doing the drug, drooling out on their phones and stuff, just like how crackheads do. Trying to oh, uh, you know what I'm gonna do? Menace the society. All the crackhead parts and menace to society, I'm gonna use that for my video. So, like they're out there trying to suck Nick for a damn selfie and shit. That's what it's like. And then all of a sudden it sparked the lyrics, and then the lyrics started to come to mind, and I started to hear him, and I could and I started writing them. And like, and just to kind of give you an idea, I just wanna I'm gonna read a line to you. I want you to hear what I mean when I say that shit, because uh it it's It was, it it, it hit me a certain way where it started to make a lot of sense. And I said, so this is, this is the first verse. I said, influencer, you duping them online, using them, lying about your life, abusing them, bathwater salespeople, confusing trend, high price existence, filter, photogrammetry, deep fakes, they swallow that shit. Fucking your followers raw dog, I howl at the blue moon that comes every so often, pausing the game, no timeouts for the mind, not even an ounce of solace. I got to keep it real. Counterfeit gets kicked to the curb. Don't give two shits to the wind. So fuck what you heard. A little birdie told me to die in a cave. Canary in a mine shaft. Never been a slave. Excuse me. Never been a slave. Give me a mic. I'll still rock a rave. Do those exist anymore? Hip-hop clubs barely open. Closing the doors. They don't want to hear it. Experience hip-hop in its raw form. And then it goes into, into the chorus. And the idea of that song like that first those first few lines i'm just calling it out influencer you're duping them online line about your life and, and then i thought about it they were people were selling bath bath water there are women out there who sell bath water i remember people selling titty milk i remember this people are selling <laughs> there's, there's even a line in one of my later verses i said vagina flavored candles stars panhandle particles hold past Barnacles hold fast, attempt to stay relevant, relative to right now, despite how quickly they act like cannibals. Fleece Johnson tearing up that booty hole. Human centipede the centerfold. Glamour guts and body shots. Cut off from the source, digital detox. <laughs> do whatever it takes to get noticed. POTUS slides nudes, straight to your DMs. Finally, the world hearts you. You know what I mean? Like that's real shit. I'm like, yeah. how do I talk about these things in a way that's funny? So I guess a good way to explain my lyrical style is like if you let go and stop thinking so hard and let the visuals come to you, the, the lyrics give you visuals. You're just getting visuals right. one after the other. And if you just let it happen, it's almost like watching Family Guy. I'm giving you fucking it's like I'll talk about some shit. Look at that. See, that's what I'm talking about. Let's go back to this shit again. See, this is what I mean. This is crazy. you know. And, and I'm basically talking about I'm sitting in this. How do I deal with this? And so when I do the video, I'm going to be wearing my mask, being around all these kids in this duplex fucking smoky and shit with their phones, looking like they're hooked up, drooling on themselves, being like crackheads, because that's what it is. Everybody's on their phone. Everybody wants to get a like. People will drive their car to a hill, dressed in workout gear, spray themselves with water, take a picture. You didn't do shit.
1: Oh, wow. Just to be
2: cool. Yeah. Just to be cool. That's crazy. And we're out here really fucking doing it. I don't. I actually posted it. I don't have time to post online. You know why? Because I'm too busy making shit.
0: Yeah, that's almost like a mental disorder, man.
2: It's it's more of a it's more of a, uh, I, I, I feel like some people don't know how to like use something like that. I use it. Like I have insomnia. I don't sleep. I feel like I feel like I was created in a way to do something, and I don't know what it is yet, but like. I have insomnia um pretty much anything i put my hands on i feel like i can get really good at it like i don't and during the pandemic i taught myself six new programs
1: golly six new
2: programs and i'm good at them now like i'm making money with them like i don't know like i'm i'm trying to do something but that that my creative process it's hard to stay focused on one thing i can't just do music if i The music will spark an idea for a piece of art. Then the art will spark an idea for a movie. Then the movie will spark an idea for something else. And it's just, it's hard to like stay focused on one thing. And so I guess I have to like really, I have to have a, I have to tether myself to certain things and I get bored
0: quick. Well, that's, it's not a negative thing though. I think, I think subconsciously what's happening is that you get to a point where maybe creatively for a specific project, you hit a wall. And instead of forcing something that's not meant to be, you you subconsciously jump to something else and put your efforts into it because you know you're gonna give that a thousand percent until you hit the wall there, and then you jump to something else until you hit the wall there, and then you come back to where you were before. I think that's kind of how how your 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 creative process, how you're describing it to me, you know.
2: It yeah. Now that you put it like that, it does seem like that because. Yeah, it is. It is a wall. It is. It's a wall of, okay, I don't know what to do at this point. I need to let, you're right. Okay, so you're right. There are times where I'll stop, I'll step away. And it's, I told my daughter this, it's like, I need to let the universe unfold as it's supposed to. I'm a Tai Chi practitioner. And one thing they taught us in Tai Chi is, you know, the harder you try to grab for something, the farther away it gets. The harder you try to push, the more it's going to push back. So sometimes you just need to flow with it. And so, you know, get out of the way, stop trying to block everything, just get out of the way. Because then, the energy flows, and then you know your role—you're you're going with the current instead of trying to fight it. And that you're right—that ends up what happening. The current takes me to something else, which will then spark what I need for something else. Right. So it's right. it's all reciprocal. It's all yeah. reciprocal. It's really weird. Um, I just I wish I had millions of dollars because, <laughs> damn dude, I'd, I'd be putting so many people on and creating so many things that I I feel would change the would change the way the world works. Like you know. It, uh, create. Uh, design. Design is problem solving. Design
0: is problem solving. Yeah, you, that's how you started the whole thing out. You started this whole interview out by saying that design is problem design solving. Design is problem solving. So, so how much have you grown as an artist? Can you can you put that into words? Is that that a question that's easy to answer or hard? No, that's no, that's a good one.
2: I I it's it's funny. Some so somebody was recently talking to me at my my real uh my I guess my day job. And he goes. He was talking to me, and he goes. And he's 23. And he goes, man, I keep forgetting how old you are. He goes, cause he, mm-hmm. he goes, I keep, I, cause he goes, you don't seem your age. You seem my age. Like, you know, I'm 44. You know, he's like, he's 23, and he feels like I'm 23 years old. He goes, you even look 23. I'm like, uh, oh, you know. Um, but he goes. I told him. I said, I don't, I don't get older anymore. I just level up. I was like, you know, when you play Call of Duty and you get, you get Prestige mode. I'm in Prestige mode right now. word you know I don't I don't get I don't get any older I'm just leveling up and so I don't I feel as an artist and I'm talking about the whole full gamut as an artist I feel like I've learned I've grown quite I think I've grown a lot but I and I've evolved into a place where I recognize that I can't you said it earlier um I I do feel like no one gives a shit about what I'm doing nobody cares there's a wave of artists everybody's doing their thing there's so many people out there but i need to not worry about that just put my stuff out there because ultimately that's how we met right because i just had stuff out there i wasn't worried about what anybody else was doing and i don't know where i started worrying about that um but i it, it, but i i feel like i've grown into a place where it's like i'm okay with doing what i want to do i'm not trying to and i wasn't and to be fair i wasn't catering to anybody but i felt like i was still in a little box of you have to be like you got to be lyrical. You got to do all these certain things a certain way because you got to fit. You got to be hip hop. And I forgot. And, and somewhere down the line, I forgot I am hip hop. I don't got to do hip hop. I am right. hip hop. And so in your blood. it's in my blood. Right. You know what I mean? So, so <laughs> I, 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 I have grown. I think I feel like I've grown a lot and I understand my temperament as well. Like I know that I like to move fast. Right. I'm moving at Oh, my God. I'm a speedster. I'm, I feel like the world's moving in slow motion sometimes. Because my brain's moving ten thousand miles a minute. I'm playing chess every moment of my life, ten steps ahead. So, yeah, I I, I feel like i I have leaps and bounds, but at the same time, you know, I still got I, I still got to, I still got so much more to go, and I and I feel like uh, and to be and just to kind of call this out with some of the homies passing away and stuff nowadays in hip hop at young ages. You know what I mean? You got cats the homies passing, they're just going. And I'm like, all right, I got it. You can't, you now's the time where you can't really be playing. You got to leave your mark, man. And like, do what you want to do because at any moment you can just be gone. And I don't know what happens at the end. Like you might be sitting back going, shit, I forgot to do. Ah, oh. like, you know, like you feel like you forgot your keys. I don't want that in my essence. I want to feel like I did everything that I wanted to do. That's right. why I'm traveling more. Again, I've got back into traveling again. I'm getting more into like, not caring about what anybody thinks when it comes to what I'm doing musically. I'm speaking my mind and and uh, I mean, I always did, but now it's just less of the worry, you know. And so, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I still got a lot more to go, though. That's that's the thing. I don't feel like I'm. I don't even feel like I'm done. I still feel like I'm 25. I don't. <laughs> it's weird. I, I don't feel. A good thing. It's a weird feeling. Oh,
1: no, it isn't a
2: weird. Because I, I got homies who stop doing music, man. I got yeah. homies who stop doing music, and part of their statement is, "Oh, I just can't do it anymore." And I'm like, I couldn't. I could never think like that. Like it's so much of a part of me, I can't stop doing it.
0: Right. Right right it's like an extra limb that he, you know is he, not he's never yeah. going to get cut off
2: it's like breathing man.
0: i don't think <laughs> about breathing it just happens
2: i don't think about doing music next thing you know i'm just making a beat what the fuck am i doing i'm making a beat ah all
0: right so you you you, you talked about being not only doing music but doing other things um i want to get into like your your time with nike not a lot of people know that you work for nike mm-hmm. so how did that happen yeah, did. come about because that's not easy thing to do even though nike's from yeah. the state that you that you live in currently um how did that all yeah. come about and th- did you get to meet T- tinker
2: uh no but i met i met mark parker though
0: oh Mom, okay yeah he's, he's, he's the ceo at the time
2: yeah um okay. i met him um i saw tinker a few times but never got to that you know what actually i think i have met him at a nike party okay so i've done a couple parties where i did some stuff for them as a as like uh outside so before i worked for them so i feel like i, th- I think i did meet him once I actually, okay, I know I met him once because I remember him standing by his old ass VW. Like, it's, it's like gross. It's like, you're like looking at this dude like, oh, you got this old ass car, but it's Tinker. What the fuck you gonna say to this guy? <laughs> um, right? Cool ass dude. He looks like when you see him, if you see him, he looks like, um, he kind of looks like Jimmy Buffett. It's kind of weird. He kind of looks like Jimmy Buffett in person. Like he looks real disheveled and shit, you know. Harold, he's just like whatever. He like, but I mean, he's, he's tinker. He's like, I don't give a shit. I am a millionaire. I can do what the fuck I want. Um, uh, but uh, so when I, I got to Nike, I was a I was an operations manager for Hewlett Packard uh, Tech Support. So if you called up, you know, you're talking to my people, and I basically kept them in check when they were being rude to you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, um, Nike had a satellite building. Close to where I was working at, and the manager who was taking over Nike who Nike Plus was just starting. So this was like the fuel ban and sport watch and all that technology, like the beginning of wearables. People don't know. Nike started the wearables shit. Nobody was doing that. They started that in the 80s with a bunch of high school kids. Um, but then it became the fuel band years and years down the road. So um he he came over to me and he knew I p- applied for the job as a manager for Nike Plus, and he was like, Hey, just come over. So we did the interview. I remember doing the interview for him and I had a pair of Adidas on. At this time, I had not worn Nikes in 15 plus years.
1: Yeah, cause you're because you're an
2: Adidas guy. Yeah, at the time. Well, I tried to wear Nikes back in the day, but they were too narrow, and so they hurt my feet. And then I wore, I was 13 wearing a size 13 shoe. That ain't going to go over well in school as a kid. <laughs> no, I'm good. I rock my, I walk my wide Adidas and have yeah, yeah. my normal, you know, have a smaller foot. I'm good. And I was a B-boy, you know, and I'm breakdancing and doing all types of shit, so, you know. He's either Adidas or Puma at the time. You're not doing that with Nikes on. And so uh, I'm rocking. I remember I'm rocking. I actually still have the Adidas I was wearing for the interview. So I'm sitting there in the interview and we're talking and I'm really confident in this interview to the point where, like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like he called me into this interview. I'm wearing during my other job. I'm, and he pulled me into the other building. I'm wearing my Adidas. I came into work wearing Adidas. Don't say shit to me about it. The whole interview, he is staring at my feet. He's like, so tell me about a time where you didn't have enough information and, you know, you needed to. And he's just, you know, he's doing it, but he's staring at my feet. And it, during the interview, I just got tired of it. And I looked at him, I said, hey. And he looks at me and I said, I'll change my shoes when you hire me. <laughs> and he goes, he laughs. He goes, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what do you want me to do, man? And he goes, so what do we need to do? And I was like, what do you mean? What do we need to do? He goes, what do we need to do to get you over here? I was like, tell me when I'm going to start. And that's, you know, and we'll make it happen. So I go over there and I go over to Nike plus. And so I'm running the, I'm one of the managers for the fuel band and all that. So whenever you called up and your fuel van was broken, I'm talking about, I was in the meetings with the VPs from the, before it came out when it was only in Japan, when there was 2.4 million sold in Japan in the first 10 minutes of being put out. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching this shit happen. I'm basically learning. And this is my world learning logistics for the first time. Like I'm actually really getting into logistics and I'm starting to understand something I actually enjoy. And this goes back to what I said earlier. Creation or design is problem solving, right? Right. And so I'm learning about the whole idea about what Nike does, where it comes from, the whole idea. And I'm like, God, I really believe in this shit. I didn't think I would believe in Nike, but I like their ethos. I like what they believe in and what they're trying to do for people. So I got really into it. And uh, it turned into Nike Plus and it became a big thing. And then I moved on and became a senior operations manager for that shit. And I helped, I helped, So just so you know, I helped make the Nike Running Club. So the NRC, that's my baby. Like then the Nike app is my baby. Like people won't, they don't give people credit that were behind the scenes doing that shit from the jump. Like I remember having 20 different devices and me trying to figure out which devices worked correctly. The developers would make them and just put them out. I had to sit there and figure it out and send information back. And I had to do this every single day, every week with a report. So I'm like, I'm really into this shit. I'm a techie guy, you know, so. And I'm giving ideas because I can see again. I'm a future, I'm a futurist. I can see where this app's gonna go. I remember being in a meeting with uh, this dude. He he looked like a superhero, like I'm telling you, he had the big chest, white dude with a little crew cut, super smiley, looked like a superhero, like he should have been in the Incredibles and shit. (laughs) And uh, no lie, I remember him, we were sitting in a meeting. And uh, in a business meeting and he looks at me, he goes, so what do you think? And I looked at him and I said, Nike plus is going to be much bigger than this. I think it's going to become a movement where it's a bigger thing. And he goes, are so you really think so? And I said, hell yeah. And now look at where we're at. We're at the Nike app. And the thing is the Nike app doesn't do everything it should be doing. Everything I have ideas and things that it should do, which I'm not going to say here, because guess what? I'm about to apply for Nike again to get a job working at that so I can change the game. Okay, but okay. I'm going to bridge the gap in a lot of things that really are missing. And what I learned is in that my Nike experience, I like to create an experience. And just to kind of explain that, hip hop, as an artist, as a musician, when I perform on stage, my idea was to give you an experience. I've watched a lot of artists perform. How many times do we watch artists go up there and just pace back and forth, rapping? Okay, that's great. And they're pretty much doing what you can listen to on the MP3 or the CD or whatever. Okay, great. No experience. So you just paid, yeah, no experience. You just paid money to basically do, just see the person. They could just lip sync it, and it wouldn't be any different, right? Where when you come to my show, I want you to feel like you walked away from an experience. I want you to go, goddamn. And to my point, every show, every show I've done with a major artist, they always, and I'm opening for them. They always look at me at the end and go, what? How do I go on after that? And I go, and I always say to them. You're you. You only got to try. They're here for you. I just wanted to make sure the plate was hot, so when you go out there, it's ready to go. And they're just like, hell yeah! Because to me, that experience they walk away with, they could go anywhere. I want them to walk away and go, God, damn, and remember it and want and want that again and crave it because it, it doesn't exist. Give people something that doesn't exist, and they're gonna want they're gonna want more of it. And so that hip hop idea, that idea of being an artist easily translated over to the Nike work because it was the idea was Nike's about telling a story telling a story and having people feel like they're a part of something bigger and that's what my experiences are when I'm performing I'm telling when I go up there I crack jokes I crack jokes about myself I make I'll talk about life for a moment and get us all into this place and then I'll ask us together can we do this and then can we collectively put our energy together make the show dope yes solid because we need to make this the best experience that anyone's ever had because how often do you get this And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's fucking do this shit. And it feels good. It's that energy. As much as I don't like people, I love people. That's the piece I like. And so Nike was trying to create that. And, and I, and I, and and you know what, I bought in on it and I was like, you got me, you got me. And so leaving them was bittersweet, man, because uh, it was basically the fuel man got caught up with some shit because, and I knew, I knew it was coming and here's the futurist in me. I remember Arguing about it during a business meeting about the caloric intake, I said, "Yo, the caloric intake is not accurate." And people are, and I have people calling in and are using this with their um, their doctors. And next thing you know, somewhere down the line, I could get sued for caloric intake. Fuel ban has gone. No more, no more making it. Oh, wow. Let's let Apple make our watches. We're not making devices anymore. We'll let we'll let the we'll let the experts make devices. We'll just put our application on it, which made sense to me. And our logo, man, that, man. yep, done, And that's it. And that was it. And I mean, it'd be fair. The CEO of, uh, of Apple is on this, is a shareholder of Nike. So, I mean, he's on the board. So, you know, I mean, it's an easy marriage. You don't got to try too hard.
1: Makes
2: sense. You know, but it made sense to me. And I understood, but I learned logistics. I learned supply chain. I learned, uh, I learned about human connections. I was building things for people who never ran track in their life. So they would understand how to talk to people. And I learned it's experience. You got to know your audience. And that comes from doing hip-hop. People don't realize it, but hip-hop teaches you a lot about shit, man. It really does, like you can go out there and go on stage. If you go on stage and talk to a bunch of people and get them to listen to you, you know, that's hard, man. That's hard. And you're just up there rapping, you know what I mean? And but so it teaches you confidence to be able to stand tall even when you're not confident about what you're gonna say. You know, they don't know what the fuck. They're just watching you.
0: Well, the thing is that people don't understand that hip-hop's a culture. They think it's a music when it's not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Rap, is it's, music it's, music. Is life. yeah, rap is music, hip hop is a culture, right. it, it, culture is like what drives your, your decision making process and how you do things, how you, re- how you, how you show up to the world, right?
0: All right. so since we're talking about that, let's go into your feelings about the current state of the hip hop culture, if there is still hip, a hip hop culture, and how do you see it in the future?
2: I just read an article no lie i just saw an article last night that made me that i actually had i almost swiped past and i pulled it back and read it a little bit of it i need i need to finish it and it's talking about streetwear and it was and it said streetwear is dead and i was like what and i know i was like i was like i want to see why what is this clickbait shit Mm -hmm. and no it was actually talking about how you know streetwear where it comes from and why it is not necessarily a thing anymore it's it's a normal it's so normalized it's not streetwear anymore it's just fashion. And I was like, damn. And I started to think. I started looking at the parallels between streetwear and how that came up and where hip hop, you know, its roots are and where that came up and how it all they're synonymous with each other, right? And I was like, huh. I was like, hip hop, where are we at in its stage right now? I mean, you see memes where they'll show like hip hop back in the day and they'll show a I saw this one recently. It showed a picture of a train back in the 80s in New York with graffiti on it and then a picture of Easy E. Looking gangster. Then the next one was a train, clean as fuck. Now with a picture of some random ass rapper with tattoos all over his face, and I was like, I started laughing. I got it, and I was like, <laughs> this is the state of hip hop now. Right? This is this not even hip hop? This is just the state of the music industry and their portrayal of hip hop. This is what they want people to think it is because it, it's a money maker. It's capitalism, and I get capitalism. I understand why it exists. I understand what we're doing. I, I said it in one of my songs years ago. I said at first graffiti wasn't art, but now it's art deco. It's the same thing they're doing with hip hop. And art deco, the the definition of art deco is it's decorative art, taking something from the core version of what it was, breaking it apart, and using it to decorate. That's what they do with hip hop. They're taking the pieces of it and just peppering the whatever they want with it. You know what I mean? You got. Uh, geico commercials and you got the fucking tag team back again i'm just like what the fuck is going on right now and to be fair they're funny as fuck they're funny funny i get it And that's what i mean though like they're it's 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 not even i don't even think i don't think there's a generation there's a whole generation right now who does not know what hip-hop is they don't know what it is they see what they see and that is what it is they're it goes back to the idea of thinking about the first person who came up with calculus. You're making something out of nothing. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You're making something and it's 100% new. People are pushing back on it. They're saying it's just a fad. It's not going to be a real thing. Then it becomes prominent and it starts to shape the way people do things in the world. Think about it calculus. Calculus was made just to throw, catap- just to use a catapult. That's all it was for. War war and now we use it to build buildings to decide to understand how the orbits of planets move and all these different things it started off as something that somebody was just creating to show a different way of doing things and people hated on it hip-hop is the same thing it's a it's an element that people were hating on and they were like nah it's not real it's just a fad it's just black people talking and then everybody's doing it now now it's a cool thing so now but then at some point it becomes so watered down you don't even know what the hell you're looking at anymore it's diluted right. And you'll get random moments, moments where it's there. And that's just like foam because it's there for a moment and then it just dissipates away because of the state of how we look at things. We have so much music and so much technology and so much of it everywhere. Matter of fact, oh, my God. Ice-T actually said this in a movie. Johnny Mnemonic. He has. okay, Ice-T is playing a cyberpunk dude. And he said it, he starts talking about how we have all this technology all around us and it's just gonna, it's overwhelming. We're overwhelmed with all this technology. We're losing ourselves. He was right. He was right back then. That, that, that is where we're at right now. The state of hip hop, hip hop exists but it exists like a Kung Fu style. It's like a Kung Fu style. You got to find the right people who are doing it who are masters of it. Because there's a lot of fake masters out there who are showing you bullshit. And it's 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 a hidden form. I feel like the old man who walks around with the cane, fakes out like he's hurt, until you try to test me, and I gotta put the cane down and like battle you and destroy you real quick and show you that it's like, you know what I mean? My girl has done that to people, where they're talking to her and they're like, oh, you're not an MC, and she's like, oh, you're not a rapper. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm an MC, you know. And they're like, and they'll play around with her, and she'll just, and they're just like, oh my god, yeah, for real. Yeah. And when they say that you're for real, think about that statement. You're for real. For real. Yeah. You've been yep. I mean, How much fake shit have you seen? Yep. For you to even say you're for real, how much fake shit have you seen? Like, nah, man, that's so hip-hop, man. It right now, this and look, this is a PSA to all hip-hop artists out there right now. If you are really trying to do something for the culture, you gotta think differently. Think bigger about your what you're doing. And I said this to somebody just recently. As an artist and as an MC, your words have weight. They have weight. And they, they, they are powerful, man. You got, you got people out there talking about dumb shit, you know, walking up down the street. Huh, I'm going brushing my teeth. Huh, like shit like that. What are we fucking doing, man? What the fuck are we doing? You better brush your teeth. That's what you're supposed to do in the fucking morning. Don't rap about it. Don't rap about that shit. Stop telling me about how many bitches you fucked. I don't care. I don't care. Stop telling me about all the drugs you've done. I mean, that's your life, but guess what? There's, that's not all you're doing. You have to be, there has to be something more to your fucking life. So like, I'm telling you right now, if you're doing it to make money, all right, say la vie, I, I have nothing to say to you. you, you know, do what you do. But if you're really trying to be a, an artist as, an, as a real artist and be, and have some, and, uh, and have some longevity, longevity, that's the difference. Not a flash in the pan, but longevity, you got to start adding to the culture. Don't just use the culture. Add it. It is not toilet paper. Use, don't, don't just use it. Be the culture. Make it your everyday life. Don't tell people you do hip hop. You know, you shouldn't have, don't even say it. You are it. It should be a part of you every day. You know what I don't mean? That doesn't mean making a beat every day. That doesn't mean writing songs every day. That means remembering that hip hop a, is, is a culture and you are, you're pushing that shit forward. And every word you say, every moment, every time you step into the world, you're showing it and like you're running around with putting gems in your fucking forehead, like your vision from the fucking Marvel universe. What are we doing? Come on, man. It's crazy. It is a- that is just, it's so, the shit is nuts. Like, and, and to be fair, let's be fair and be real with you. Um, because I'm such a futurist, I would love to be part cyborg. We're not, I'm not lying about that. I would love to be a part cyborg. However, I don't know about you be putting gems in my fucking forehead. I don't see the value in that. I wouldn't even put my money into a gem. I'd put my money into forward movement. Like, how can I create a business that will help other people do something more? I got five homies who are super talented and do not have the platform they need. Let's create a platform for them. Right. And not just give them money. Let's make sure they have the right people who are smart enough to know what they need to do to help them move forward. That's what we should be doing in hip hop right now. Like right now, this, what we're doing, this is building. What people are doing right now, they're not, man. They're BSing and they're just trying to make money. And I understand. But dude, we're not in the apocalypse yet. Can we like try to like not have that happen? I don't know. Right. It's weird. No, it's not weird, you know. May- the- Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe I'm going on a rant. I apologize. I'm just, no, it's it's not just- I'm thinking about what you're yeah. saying and it's meaningful.
0: Like it means something, like it really does. Right, because you've been doing it for for a while, and and uh, like cats like me, you and Quest, we we've, we've seen what's happened to this culture. Um, and as much as we want to do something about it, we can't because it's only three of us. And, right. you know, <laughs> and if you think about it, I mean, you know, I want to say like when I started writing for Insomniac, I I was watching the underground scene start to make a splash, like start to to get noticed a lot more, you know. Um, company flow, all those guys, you know, Raucous Records, all those, mm-hmm. you know, labels, independent, you know, uh, um, independent as fuck. That saying that 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 you know LP always used and then somebody slapped their dick in the dirt, and it just like deteriorated. And I want to say it happened like around 2002 or so. Um, that's not I agree. That's not something that happened spontaneous. That's planned. You know? Oh yeah. Like like. Like so, why, why, why do you think that happened? Like, what what do you think the plan was? Uh, honestly, I think it's. <laughs> and who and who um, is doing
2: it? You know, I, there's an article they were talking about Nipsey Hustle and stuff, and they were talking about how the you know the FBI was doing all these different things, and you know, and and I'm not one to be a conspiracy theorist, right? But when you look back in history, right, let's just look let's use history, like like let's oh, sorry, right, let's like I was just like I'm wearing a shirt, right says you know black history is american history right let's just talk about that for a quick second the black panther movement and malcolm x and all these in mlk and all these different people right they were on the FBI watched them you know and they were afraid they actually had a they actually had a write up about um about you know about mlk and malcolm x they were afraid of the type of movement they would create and change in their you know the hierarchy and their structure they didn't like that because they were afraid of what they could do that kind of movement. And remember, that's what, I remember, that's pre, there's no no social media, there's none of that shit. This is this is fucking grassroots, word of mouth. You're fucking putting your feet to the fucking pavement and you're going out there and talking to people. You can't be afraid to have a conversation. You got to have that hard conversation to be able to not get emotional and communicate effectively, right? And that, and again, going back to what I was saying earlier, words are powerful. Having a movement is powerful, being someone that people are paying attention to and make and having your voice being heard is powerful. And so, underground artists, you know, people you just remember the term underground. You don't have the topsoil without the underground, right? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You have
2: to have the underground, Foundation. the shit has to come from somewhere. That's the foundations. Everybody started in the underground, I don't care how big they are. Everybody did. The problem is, is that when you get some of those underground cats moving to a point of power and not looking back at where they came from and falling in line with these dumbass fools with all this fucking money and no lie. I mean, they're, they're telling them what to do. Like, hold on a second. They're telling them what to do. They're saying, you know, this is how you need to do it. This is how you need to do it. Um, like what do you say to that? How do you argue? How do you argue when you got people who are rich and famous, got all this money and they're telling you to, uh, to, stay, to, to how to how to change the game. And you're really not changing the game, you're cutting people out. You're cutting people out. And then they, you know, and you're doing these little micro platforms to act like you're trying to do something more. And it's, it's crazy. So I think, it, I honestly think it was planned, but I think it was planned. Um, it was, they wanted, they're having us self-sabotage. It, and that's what it is. And it's, it, cause that's easy. You don't have to take ownership. You don't have to say you're a part of anything. You don't have to say you did anything or you were a part of that. You just sit back and uh, be in the mix. And I, so when I look at that, I'm looking at it like this. I think that um, artists who had the power, who had control, did not keep control. I think what they did is they gave the the power up. And in hindsight, they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I need to get my shit back. Like, I don't know if you know this, but you, you probably do, but there's like only like 10 or 12 major artists
0: that own their music. Right, because every all the all the rights are owned by the company. From all the other artists, they they don't own their own masters, essentially. Yeah,
2: that's fucking crazy. How do you not
0: own your masters? That is that's crazy. Give me give me one second. I'm gonna go, grab, go ahead, go. brother. Go go. I apologize. This is this is this is live. This is this is how it goes down, man. When you when you do recording. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. I, I
2: apologize.
0: No, you don't know. apologize, man. This is real. I don't want no fake show. <laughs> I'm uh, on that for real man I don't want to do a big show man I want to do like That's real life wow. you know if you got a fart fart man That's, it's, it's natural oh. there we go mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: so on, on some real shit I think you know at, at the end of the day I think that uh, hip hop and the underground I think the underground community did not it, it actually goes back to the sigmetics we didn't take control of our own narrative of what we were doing. We had internal shit going on, external shit around us going on, all the talent, all the skills, not utilizing resources 100%, being lazy, that's the honest piece, right. you know, and just all of those things together was a perfect storm to lose what you had, you know, and not necessarily lose it, just it kind of like fizzled out and you have to like rebuild it. And so the underground and i agree with you man it did it it started out weird you watched it you literally watched it with her it was like watching somebody die you're like you you just like you don't even you hear about it anymore think artists were just disappearing and stuff i'm like damn so i think it was i think it was a purposeful assassination of at that time where people's voices were starting to really be heard and that's why you have to, Killer Mike and shit popping out of that and with the right to get a black a platform to continue doing what they were doing. Because Killer Mike was underground. Killer wow. Mike was underground. He was well known, but he was underground. And his and his albums and shit like that were in that same realm. You know, uh Oregon on the radio a bunch was still underground. They were still underground artists. They could they still considered them underground. You know what I mean? For the whole thing was, you don't want to be mainstream. Fuck the mainstream. They just want they want to use you and take all your shit from you. And so... Uh, I think that there's a hidden underground, though. That's what I think there is. Um, Part of that... I'm going to say something kind of controversial. Part of that underground energy went to some artists who I think don't really deserve the love that they were getting and and I'm going to be I'm going to I'm not I'm not going to name any names but go I, ahead. the scene the scene that I didn't like that I wasn't feeling was the battle scene for a little bit yeah the, go <laughs> it's it's garbage and <laughs> like there was a there was one dude and there's one dude in particular I cannot stand wow. um nah, di- destructor distractor I can't remember his fucking name I don't know who he is but i don't like him and i'm gonna tell you why because i've watched him battle a few times and he used i caught him doing a lot of the same stuff he uses a lot of the same lines he uses the same shit he always goes into race he always has to use some shit and that's the thing where i don't understand that stuff like you're gonna battle that's fine but there's a point where like you know let's try to like keep it within the battle you don't have to talk about race you don't need to go that deep about it you can talk about their clothes and gear and shit but i don't want to go there i don't need to talk about your race any he, but he would do shit like that he would say the most foulest shit sometimes i'm just like you know man like i don't think i i, I said i think you're from the, a realm where battling is just battling you don't realize that type of shit gets you fucked up like there's there was a line we just didn't cross you know what i mean like unless you were really trying to go there and it just didn't matter you know what i mean you weren't talking about people's wives you weren't talking about nobody's kids you know what i mean you weren't saying shit about nobody's mom i mean unless you know you just knew each other well enough to do that shit but i've watched this dude and I don't like the way he battles. I don't like what he was doing. And then I was watching the whole battle scene and I'm like, yeah, this is garbage, man. And then I was like, and I remember I said to somebody, I was like, I would love to see these cats make an album. I was like, it's funny that they're doing all this shit but they have, they, and I, I heard they might or one or two of them have an album, but I'm like, yeah, but who heard about them? Nobody. You know why? Because they can't write. They can't write to say their lives. They can write and talk shit but they can't write anything meaningful. That's hard. Talking shit, anybody can talk shit. Write something meaningful that's from here, man. That like you're that thought provoking. And I'm not saying you always got to do that, but try it out. You can't. You can't. You because all you're in you're in this place of oh, chest beat Simeon. I gotta be fucking hard. Yeah, okay. And so like that battle scene was like it it actually discouraged me, man. It discouraged me quite a bit. I used to battle. I was a battler, man. And I just I don't know. It just. I didn't like it and i didn't want to be around it and that was like to me that's where the underground went to and that because they were you know and it just it, it got so it became a joke right you were seeing video of people fighting and boxing each other over a fight people pissing on themselves in the middle of a battle because they want to fuck somebody up and i'm just like this is stupid man like we're not we're like a cartoon now now we're caricatures you understand this is sambo shit right this that- is sambo shit
0: we're family Guy characters, that's what what. what it's
2: yeah, we about. might as well put on blackface and dance around and do dumb shit on stage. Like, what are we doing? But people are watching this, right? You know, people are watching this and they're attributing this to the culture.
1: Right. Right. Fuck. it up. You
2: and, and that matters to me. Like, you know, what I mean, I'm not saying I'm the no-all tell-all for the culture, but god damn, man, this shit is a part of me, dude. I've been in. I got in. I'll get into it. with Anybody who tried to argue me about hip hop, like, yo, man, this is a part of me. Don't try to tell me what it's like. I lived it. If you've never lived it. Yeah, the picture yeah. book is not
0: worth the real trip. And you have a stake in it. You ha- and you have a literally, you have a history in it. Like you're part. I of really that. have a history. Yeah, you're part of that <laughs> history. Part of, the, part of the fucking history. Yeah, man. And people don't know that. Which
2: makes me laugh. often. I'm like, without sounding like a fucking pretentious dick, I'm like, yeah, you know, I actually am part of the fucking history. That feels good. Fuck, dude. You I mean, you- I, I,
0: who knows? But. Do you, do you think chuck d feels he's pretentious when he says that no man why why, why would you say that why would quest say that? But, you know? but chuck
2: d's on a platform where like he knows that everybody knows that i don't know that anybody knows i'm a part of the history and that's where i try to keep stay humble like i just heard on a show last night this lady was telling her child you know it's okay to be humble but know your worth and i'm like i know that i and i heard that just last night and i'm like right it's yeah, like you, you know, know. What i mean you hear stuff you hear stuff because you need to hear it, you know, and it sticks with you because obviously it, it resonates with you. So.
0: No, that's awesome, bro. It, it's true. You know, you get, you get messages that resonate with you, but uh, um, imagine like, and, and maybe this is a bad like metaphor, right. But imagine like uh, uh, LeBron, right. LeBron James, like at 17, right. He was already in like magazines already at 17 before he even made the NBA. But imagine because people didn't know who LeBron was, let's say he's this uber talented guy. Let's say, they don't know who he is. He doesn't make it to the NBA, even even though he can be the most talented guy in the world, right, right? like right, like like you got guys like now, like I don't know if you watch NBA, like like John Morant, like he's an exceptional yeah. basketball player. But imagine him not making it to the NBA because they did they don't know they they didn't know him. He could be the like he's a talented guy. So it, I don't understand how like in in music and in art you got like so many talented people that just don't get. The break that they deserve. A crab in a pot. You know,
2: a
1: crabs in in a
0: pot. Right. You're one of them. Quest. I mean, I can name thousands of them. And and yet here we are in 2020. It's the Crabs in a pot, in the in the pot idea. All this all this technology, phones, access, like you just found literally in two seconds sick stuff. Like in two different oh God, I was like, Holy shit, I've been looking for this for years. Yeah, Bandcamp and and you found out on a defunct MySpace page. But yet your stuff <laughs> not playing in people's radios right now, uh, and Quest stuff right. is being played on on people's radios. They're not using it for commercials and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what bothers me. Like that. That's my rant. Like that's what bothers me. You know, I try to do the, the journalist thing to help bring you guys up, and I felt like it it did nothing. I mean, maybe some people, you know, found who you are through what I did, but not enough. You know what I mean? But anyway, I will say you did help okay. the game though. You helped us a
2: lot, man. Like, uh, I actually had a couple people call out Insomniac Magazine for my album. They were like, really? "Oh, yo, dude, I caught your album from Insomniac Magazine. I read the re- review, and they were like, like people would email me because I left my email on my album. Like, you know, so they, like I wanted them to know you can reach out to the real fucking artist. I'm not like some motherfuckers hidden up in some glass house, like, like for real. And they would they email me a couple times. They're like, "Yo, I read the article on this, and this album is dope. I was like. Good shit. Where where'd you find it? Oh, Insomniac Magazine. Good shit. Okay.
0: Cool. Okay. I'm glad. All right. So that I have some yeah. sort of a relief because I never knew what happened after I did the review and after I put it out there, like I never got any sort of feedback. So I don't know if it even helped at all. But and and like, I apologize if I didn't give you that feedback. I should have. Let me tell no, you something. You.
2: That's not
1: your job. No, I
0: want you to know. I want you to know this. I want
2: you to know this. I need you to know this. This is something like. And again, this is me talking about stuff that I just don't talk about with anyone. And I'm telling you and the world this shit. (laughs) Now that I think about it,
0: Um, (laughs) and the world, yep,
2: (laughs) and the world. Uh, You, my man, I I want you to know. Um, I don't. I have a trust. I have trust issues, and you know that's life. I don't trust too many people with something I care about this close. You know what I mean? Like again, like that. Hip hop to me is like my child. It's like a piece of me. You know what I mean? And to entrust someone with your shit. And to just let them go to town with it, it's hard for me to do. Like, I, I, you know me, I've got like, I have what, five albums that I never put out, just sitting around. And they're dope. They're super dope. They're actually relevant now, just sitting around. And you know why? Cause I'm all, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm being weird about it. And, you know, and the fact that I gave you, you don't call me no more. And I did it on a, cause you, you said something to me. And I, and I want you to know, I remember this statement you made, you said to me. We were talking about it and i said to you exactly this i said look i was like i don't know about this album man i was like i'm just putting it together i'm working on this other thing but i just did this and da da." and you were like dude just give it to me let me listen to it let me do a review on it just let just let me do a review." you kept you were like you were basically trying to convince me that it's okay to let it go and i remember i was like i don't know you're like look look and you said this you were like look Did you make that album just for you to listen to? And I was like, no. And you were like, then let me hear it. Give it to me so I can expose it to the world. Man, they need. You said they need to hear it. And I went, fine. And I remember I sent it to you because I was unsure about it. I I was, I was like, ah. And then you did the review, and I read the review because I didn't, I, I I didn't want to read the review. I was like, he's gonna be shit. This album is gonna. Oh my god. You know what I mean? I'm hating on my own shit. That's how I do. Everything I make, I hate on it. And I get done performing, and I'm like, that was a shit-ass show. Like, Bro, are you know only- what I mean? It's like going in my head about it. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm bad, though, man. I'm self-destructive. Dog, I'll be making a beat halfway through. be like, fuck this beat. I'm about to turn it off. Dude, my girl was like, no, 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 no. Don't. She's <laughs> all, just come back to it. And I'm yeah. like, I saved it. Came back to it later. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what to do now. And she's right. So I'm 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 impulsive to that point. I'll just, just I'll just nuke and pave everything. Oh really? <laughs> Two months of shit gone. But you you forced me to like just let the shit go. And then your review, man. Like you said, I'll remember this from your review. You said the one thing I enjoy. I quote the one thing, the one endearing thing about this album that I truly enjoy is the brevity. You said that in your review. You said the brevity. You said I was cleaning my house, listening to the album, and I didn't realize how many times I had heard it because the way it flows. And I was like, and when I read that, I was like, you brought something to me. You you gave me closure. It was like what I did worked because that was the idea was to make the album feel like a loop right. where you just It felt so good. You didn't even know how many times you heard it. Right. And it worked it worked and you and i and i didn't tell you that you 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 caught that on your own and when i read that i was like it 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 you reinforced for me that i was doing the right thing and that i i actually am i'm i know what i'm doing it's purposeful i'm like a sniper now i'm not just shooting a shotgun into space and hoping i hit something i'm actually sniping at certain aspects of the music that i want to do right. and so that that one review man that i got from you specifically help me continue moving forward. I need you to know that. Thank I'm very know. critical about everything I do, man. And I'll just, and I and that album, because of that review and because the way it sounds, I go back and I listen to it now and it doesn't sound like me. It sounds like I'm not listening to me and it feels good. And like, I'm telling you, man, you, uh, that, I, I thank you for
0: that, man. Thank you. Oh, man, my pleasure, dude. I'm glad, that, I'm glad I put in that big word. I, I hope I understood what, what I was writing when I wrote Brevity, you know? Oh, dude, you <laughs>
2: no, no, it was perfect. No, because the album, it's not super long. It's right. like, a, it's like, you know, it, it's there and it's like, and then it's gone. But then it's back again. You don't even really know it's gone. Like, you're like, cause you, and I asked you, I asked you about it later. You're like, yeah, I didn't even realize I heard the song three times. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, was
0: like, yeah. Well, I mean, I knew, I, I knew I had heard it multiple times, but, but it was always, but you like did play- it, it was, I was always anticipating the next song and the next song and the next song. And then it, I had it on repeat. So it started all over again. And I didn't want to tr- I didn't want to hit the you know the off button because I still had stuff to do, do and I'm like what am I gonna to listen to I might as well just keep listening to this it's dope I mean it's it's making things flow for me so it just kept going and going and going and that's like to me like like how like how people listen to like Illmatic you know mm-hmm. over and over again or yeah. Extinction Agenda over and over yeah, again. yeah
2: I can play yeah. that album. There's very very few albums you can just play all the way like Redman, There is a Dark Side. I can yeah. play that album all the way through yeah. and it's dope. Yeah. In um, beginning and and I'm not saying every song is like nah, but I mean like it it flows <laughs> well, it feels good. <laughs> but it it, it it but it goes good. And so like I I laugh at that. I go, "Okay, uh huh, nice." You know, and that's what I, I get Okay, so this new album I'm working on right now, that's kind of what I want to do. I like I want to continue like I said, I want to grab the, the energy and relaxed energy I had from planet Earth where I feel like I'm being a little more universal. It's not so cerebral that I'm breaking your brain to like understand everything I'm saying. Like my homeboy listened to one of the songs he helped me with the videos. And he said, a couple of the songs, I had to look up what you were saying. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, but then when I looked it up, I, I, it blew my mind because of you have like double and triple entendres in there. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I'll hide shit. I was like, dude, my album is a comic book. My songs are comic books. They're just pages and there's Easter eggs ri- hidden throughout them all. I make references to Star Wars and Star Trek and GI Joe and mask and fucking the humanoids and shit that you, were, you like, you know what I mean? Like I'm a fucking nerd. Like one of my choruses is nerd, sneakerhead, all of the above, grew up on classic anime, hip hop, it showed me love. A graph artist, comic book historian looking through stained glass it's just an abstract distortion.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, no! is gonna love that. Quest is gonna love that,
2: bro. Oh, I already told him, I said, Hey, Quetz, I need you to say abstract distortion for me so I can throw you on the song. Is it, did he do it? I'm telling you, Easter, Easter eggs galore, but did he do it? I'm like, it I, it I, I, I want. Huh? No, I don't know. I, I asked him. He hasn't sent it to me yet. Okay, okay. Uh, he said he said he doesn't have anything to record on, so I told him, hey, get it done, because I, I have to put you on this chorus because you're on my chorus for the song. But <laughs> That's what I'm saying. like my, I'm a fucking... I, I, my shit is full of Easter eggs. I want you to have fun when you listen to my album. I want you to listen to my album like whatever shit. You're like, ooh, 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 that's so-and-so in the background. Even my videos. Little, little trick about my videos. If you guys ever see my videos, when they do come out, keep an eye on what's going on in the background because there's something I do in my videos that I have never seen anyone else do. And I'm going to give my, and I'm going to put it out there now. So if somebody sees somebody doing it, they were like, oh, that's a cute thing. Yep. In the background of every one of my videos, if you look, you will see me in the background of my own videos. The reason why, if you look really close, every video is happening at the same time. Oh, Every video album is happening at the same time. So I might be walking by, another part of the other video so it's it's, and you just happen the multiverse thing yeah it's a multiverse again my shit is a multiverse man i want you to see it and it's like that's that's not me that's another version of me and i might even stop and break the fourth wall and kind of be like what the okay and again (laughs) i wear a mask i don't you don't see my mouth moving i wear a mask all the time uh for my new shit I finally get to like right now, y'all get to see what I look like. I'm not right. the most pretty motherfucker. People say I could look like a model, it's but not, freaking not model. I you
0: totally that. am all oily and the lights
2: wrong. Like I wish I had one of those ring lights because then it would make it look all soft and like right,
0: real right, perfect. Right, right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh I, I I wear a mask so you can't see my face. Matter of fact, here's uh,
0: the mask. I'll show you
2: what it looks like. Uh, so Damn moving cute.
0: forward, so you wear a mask and you reference the cartoon mask. That's crazy. Like, right, it's crazy, right? I'm telling you, there's, like,
2: super references everywhere in my shit, but. So. Oh, shit.
0: Oh, shit. Okay, that's, like, Daft Punk meets Iron Man. <laughs> that's dope, right? right?
2: Um, what I'd like to do is make it so I could just the jaw piece. Yeah. So I could take it off and still rhyme. But if I needed to, I could just go like this and still be able to rhyme.
0: But you can't see anything,
2: though. That's the only problem. Oh, you can see through that? Yeah, I mean, I drilled holes in it so I can see. Oh, so I can see through this. Part. I can see through this part of it, right? Right here, that's but right. I can't see through here. And I need to, so I would like to. I wanted to make it so I could disconnect this jaw piece, so right. I could take it off, and you can still see my mouth, but you can't see right. my right. eyes.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like on some Metal Gear, you know, great ninja. Exactly. Uh, great. Yep. You already <laughs> great fox. <laughs> yeah, great fox. That's it. Great fox. Oh my god.
2: All right, hold up. Speaking of Metal Gear, um.
0: I don't know if you can see this, but watch this. What do you got, man? Oh, I see it right there. Yeah.
2: The, the entire art of Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4. There, there, what, then, there's different books? Oh, God. How many books are there? Two thick-ass books. Oh, shit. That's and dope. There's a thick-ass book right here. The yeah. art of Metal Gear Solid
0: 5. Damn, man. That's dope, man. Yeah, I got I got like oh, video yeah. game art books. like I got Borderlands art books. You
2: know? Oh, you do have that? I got Killzone.
0: Um, I see I it right have, there. I see Killzone. <laughs> I have Cyberpunk. What did, you think of, they, what did you think of the game? Did you play that game the,
2: game? the game. I have it. The game is tight. Technically, I got it for free.
1: Okay. Um, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you something. They honestly. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this out there. Hey, uh, uh CD project Red. You're watching this video, which you're probably not. I don't know. Who knows? But if you are, you guys have killer, you guys have uh run the jewels on your on the game. So maybe you do watch hip hop stuff. Next time you make a game that's gonna deal with having a lot of NPCs walking around in the world and just living their lives, might want to have a conversation with the people from Rockstar because they know what the fuck they're doing. Stop being so goddamn prideful, you cannot reach out and get help. Every Grand Theft Auto game progression-wise, they NPCs. Do they have an algorithm running that shit. Those creatures live their own lives. You can literally follow a character around in, in Grand Theft Auto and watch them live their lives. You cannot do that in Cyberpunk, and that was supposed to be a thing. There's barely right. by anybody on the street. I'm like, what's going on, man?
0: What's going yeah, on, guys?
2: Yeah, heard about that, so, yeah. The game the was really... There was a lot of potential in that game, man. A lot of potential.
0: A lot of glitches, too, I heard.
2: It was bad. Oh, God, it was bad. I have it on PS5, so... It just irritated me. On, yeah, there's a lot of glitches. It's like there's a glitch right now where I killed one of the cyber psychos and his body went under the geometry. So I can never pick up the item he's supposed to give me to say that I'm done with the mission.
0: Oh, man. Wow. So it had like a hidden <laughs> hidden wall, a hidden floor piece that he fell under. Well, he's just under the stairs. He's just under the stairs. I could see his body and
2: I just can't grab it. I'm like, oh, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. It's all clipping through the fucking universe. I wish I could clip through the universe. (laughs) Jeez. But like yeah, like I see here's a cyberpunk book.
0: That's fire, bro. But I think it's
2: funny about it is it does this.
0: Damn, man. That's next level. But like, dude, I'm like I'm telling you how much of it, like
2: this, like this shows you how much of a goddamn geek I am, man. I got I got anime architecture book. A book on literal animal architecture i got every single x-men card that ever existed ever made from jim lee and it's a numbered can i've got number of what 952 of 7500 damn you know what i mean there's only so many of them shit like that like i'm the, i got a book on the art of atari <laughs> the art of atari like that shit is dope like this is the stuff i grew up on like you know what i mean like so like I like I just, I just want people to understand like my life is I'm centered on fucking just art and creation like I make shoes I design shoes I actually designed a shoe for Nike back in the day you know fucking and it came out um I've had I did, I was working when I worked at Nike I made some commercials um that they stole like well they didn't steal the uh, what is their name. The um one of the guys from the marketing department jacked from me, and they won't ever admit it. They'll never admit it, but it's a funny fucking commercial. It's like I made these little random ass commercials on my Instagram, and I was using um uh, a voice thing. <laughs> the shit is funny. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on. I made one about like uh, it was around the time when Trump was just getting elected, <laughs> and I was talking shit, and I was getting tired of people talking shit because I and I didn't want to keep talking shit because you know people getting their feelings oh, He's a dick. Sometimes I am. I'm sorry, but I'm not really. Um, but they were talking a lot of shit and wasting a lot of time bitching. And I'm like, you guys bitch a lot about stuff that you didn't actually like contribute to. And so I decided to make an artificial intelligence that would talk shit and talk shit for me. So I didn't have to be a dick. I could, just, I could just basically type everything out I wanted to say and make it talk for me. So all right, I'm going to play you something. Oh, hold on. Let me turn the AirPods off. I want you to hear this shit. This is what I'm talking about. Oh, I even did one about promoters at shows, but. Um,
3: Are you upset with the way the current president is doing things? Well, if you didn't vote, shut the fuck up, thanks. I was, so <laughs> <out of here>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like real, I was like tired of that shit. I was tired of hearing people talking shit. Um, and so I, like, so like there's another one. Um,
3: Planning show, all right. smoke. So, here's
2: one about promoters.
3: That's put together a dope line up. Hold up. Ah, oh, got better. it. But don't promote <laughs> it at all. Tells How the do you make? The Here we go. So, check it out. Things promoters do behind the scenes. Because, you know, they are like that. Plan a show when all the other promoters are planning shows. Put together a will line up. But don't promote it at all. Tells the artist they respect them and what they do. But doesn't pay them. They decide to have the God complex. Enough said. Change the lineup at the last minute and inconvenience the other acts because their homie doesn't like the time they are supposed to go on. Never start shows on time. They forget that they are the promoter, not a rapper. They get shit-faced and disappear when the show falls apart. Still thinking of being a rapper? Don't, please. Now you can go back to listening to real hip-hop. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's dope. That's
3: true. They respect like what they do. So I heard this is
2: this is is when it was 420.
3: It's really hard to see through all this smoke. Need to switch to infrared. That's better. So I heard it's 420. Some of you humans like to fill your lungs with marijuana. That's fine. I don't care. I won't tell on you through all this smoke. Need to switch to infrared. That's better. So I heard it's 420. Some of you humans like to fill your lungs with marijuana. That's fine. I don't care. I won't tell on you. I heard that snitches gets (laughs)
2: enjoy your high. 420 from Kinetic. I was making those commercials because it was it was funny, those were super funny, right? And so I was working at Nike at the time, and I remember I'll never get I was sitting there and we were laughing, and all of a sudden I hear that voice on the TV and I turn around and they did a commercial about running like that. I went, Oh my god, you wow. motherfucker. I was so pissed. They did like three or four commercials like that. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I, I was like, all right, you fucking thieves.
0: Yeah, they didn't pay you for that shit, man. That's all. They do not
2: pay me for none of that shit. Just a marketing dude. One of the dudes saw it and was like, oh. <laughs> and I and all I did was type out all my shit and put it on my computer and then chop it apart. And I put it in video and then chopped it apart even more and made it pop all the words on point. <laughs> so moving forward, uh, just, like, just a heads up, guys. That hasn't happened on the planet. That hasn't happened in the universe for a while. So guess what? I'm bringing it back. That's gonna be my shit. My album is gonna be narrated by that thing. Uh, <laughs> basically, it's gonna. That AI is gonna be talking a lot of shit. So just, uh, you know, if you hear your name in there, don't be mad at me. <laughs> it's the AI. yeah <laughs> Like, I, I had a few more. I had. I was making a lot of them. At one point, it was. was uh, one where it was like I asked it. It was like. Uh, it says something about, I don't really know because I don't have a body. And you know, like, I was just making it say all this different shit, but I was just talking
0: shit. It's my only way to talk shit without getting yelled at. That's awesome, dude. So let's wrap this up, brother. And, uh, yeah. but what, what's, com- what's coming down the pike, man, from Q? Like, when did your new album drop in and what, what, we, what should we expect in the future from you, my man?
2: All right. Um, new album is, so I'm going through Junkadelic music. Junkadelic is the shit. Just to put it out there, they are one of the best companies out there to work for right now they just put out artists they're not really a label they just kind of they just put out good music and you know they're getting you paid um so i got a new album i, I got a whole new multiverse starting so a new album is called amazing um and it's a play on spider-man comics uh so the first album that's going to be coming out from junkadelic is called amazing q nikon that should be coming out i want to say in the next couple of months i want to say like give it like two or three months i only say that just to be safe because I'm finishing up a couple of things and I got to send it off to them. Uh, It will be on the Wax blockchain, just so you guys know. So you're able to pick that. There'll be, basically each song will be an NFT. And if you collect the song, yeah, if you collect the songs though, um, you get uh, something special from it all, I don't know. And just to show you something real quick, I'm gonna give you a little sneak peek of something. This is my first NFT that they're making for me well, I made it, but you know, I, I have to, obviously it's my art. But um, this is one of this is my NFT. Uh, it'll be out soon.
0: Oh, that's the math, dude. Hold on now. Yeah, that's dope, dude. And it'll be accompanied with the oh. music, with with the song or something.
2: Yeah, it'll be accompanied with one of the beats from. Uh, it says they're doing a special connection with this group called Underground. Um, they're basically a cryptocurrency company of doing some sort and they're uh putting connecting music with that and creating nfts and so my whole album will be on the wax blockchain each song will be an nft if you collect them all you get special shit um i'll be making some special items and uh merch and things like that so um and so like again first album we called amazing q nikon the second one will probably be called friendly neighborhood q nikon the next one after that um, i think it's called superior and then the last one out of that little connection of them will be called uh 2099. Um nah. I might do one hidden one called ultimate just right. to be funny.
0: That's dope, though, uh, dude. I'm a Spider-Man. But, yeah, dude, bro. That's my dude. I didn't know how much
2: I like Spider-Man but I do I, uh, to be honest my favorite so my favorite are uh my favorite character out of the universe they okay I have a few but there's three specifically. I love Spider-Man to death because he's just a normal dude man like he's not trying to be A superhero. He's just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And his powers aren't like OP. He just, you know, he's he still doesn't even know how far to go. Right. Logan. Wolverine is like one of my. I love him to death because his story. Like, if you think about his life, it's tragic, man. He sees everybody he loves die. He's been with everyone he knows has ever died. He can never really die. Like, fuck, man, that's tragic, right? And you can never get tattoos. You can't. There's certain things you just can't do. And then there's one guy, and I honestly, would like to, I honestly would like to change his race and play him if I could. I would love to play this character because I used to be an actor, by the way, too. But I would love to play, his name is Jamie Madrox, also known as Multiple Man. And his ability is if you any physical contact against him, then they can make duplicates. And anytime those duplicates make duplicates, they can continue on and they can live their lives. But he can absorb them at any time. And if he absorbs them, Everything they've ever learned in their lifetime, he gets it instantly. Like he learned it. Wow. And I thought that was a dope skill. Yeah. I was like, damn, you can basically send her off and learn like 20 different things and just absorb all of them at once. You've learned all that shit. Right. And those teachers are dope. And so, uh, so yeah, that's gonna be that's the next one that's coming up. And then uh, I'm working on a, uh, I'm working on a short film right now. Um. And I'm working, uh, so I'm working on a TV show that's going to be coming out soon through a network called Second Team Entertainment. Uh, it's going to be a, it's, it's basically Mystery Science Theater 3000 meets Planet Earth. So it's going to be me talking a lot of shit, <laughs> making jokes, but teaching you about animals. And uh, oh, I think that'll be man. funny. It'll okay. be pretty fucking funny. Um, I'll be, I'll be your, I'll be your own personal David Attenborough from the streets. Okay uh in the Black um, yeah bro like david, <laughs> Black david welcome to planet earth where people run around afraid to wear masks during the pandemic because of their civil liberties <laughs> um but uh and, and that's uh that's pretty much it oh oh i got i there's a there and that's i've got one other thing i'm working on right now um I just put together, I don't know if you knew this, but I, I think you do know, I just put together a vodka uh, label oh, for a company. I think I mentioned
0: it to me, but I don't know what it was.
2: So they're called, the company's called Vanport 1948, and uh, it has to do with the uh, history of the African-American community over here in the Northwest. For those you who don't know, um, it used to be illegal to be black in Portland, Oregon. You could not live in Portland. It was like, illegal.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't, you I couldn't never- have a
2: home. Yeah, you couldn't be married to anyone black. It was literally legal. Just so you know, in America, Oregon was the last state to abolish slavery. Damn, man. The last state. (laughs) And so the state was, so Oregon was originally built to be like a safe haven for white people. They don't really know. A lot of people don't like that, but it's true. It's fucking true. Um, You look at all the pictures of Portland, it's mostly white people. There's very, very, very rare black people. And uh, they made a place called Vanport. And if you think about Vancouver and Portland, that is Vanport. Um, and that's where they pushed all the black folks who were working on the, you know, working on the um, trains, on the rails, right. on the railroads, and working on the docks. Mm-hmm. And they did some black folks. So then that place got flooded. And they had to move all the black folks, all the Amer- African-American community had to move somewhere. So they redlined. I don't know if you guys know what redlining is. Look it up. They redlined an area of Portland and pushed all the African-American community into that area. And so uh, what I did is I did uh, an image. I painted an image paying homage to the area where all the blacks and uh Asian folks in the Portland community were staying. So
0: all right, that's awesome, dude. Bringing light to it. Shit. History history class did a poor job. I knew nothing about that. Yeah man, it's a it's a oh that's dope, man. I might have to get a bottle of that. (laughs) I'll send no, I'll send you one. I'll send you
2: one. Just send me uh just after everything's said and done, send me an address. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, this this, is a, this was important. I guess it was. This was pretty important. I guess there was 406 publications about this shit. I didn't know, so it went worldwide. I was like, okay, so I was excited. That's what I mean. Though I, I will say this. I'm gonna end with this. Um, I told somebody recently. You know, I don't. I think I consider myself pretty lucky. Not just to be surrounded by the people I'm surrounded, but just to get opportunities to do shit like this, right? You know, what I mean, most people in their lives get one opportunity to do something meaningful. One. You know and, and they either do it or they don't i've been given multiple 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 opportunities to do my music to do my art to continue being a creative person and uh you know i i figure i, I consider myself pretty lucky and so i i'm trying to take it at this time where i don't squander any moment and i just try to make the most of it you know and, and it goes back to what i was saying creation and designing is problem solving the problem right now is people aren't connected. And so I'm trying to dissolve, I'm trying to design a solution for that. And that's by making music and art that can connect people. And that's pretty much what I'm trying to do.
0: That's awesome, brother. Well, thanks for doing this with me. I really appreciate it. I gotta let you know, man, you're a gentleman. Um, you're I know I ran and I'm sorry. No, no. I apologize. That's what this <laughs> that's what this platform's for. I created it for that for people to rant and and get stuff out of the system. I I I wouldn't be doing this if 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 there was like you know um, limitations to it I, I i just want to interview the best and the most interesting considering the things that i'm into um you know but you know like i wish the world knew more about you and i have a feeling it will happen one day if i can do anything about it i will but uh continue doing what you're doing brother i mean continue that i love you to death man or it's just say love you to life you, but uh but yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> once you um once you drop the album, you know, let me know, keep me in touch and uh and then you.
2: I'll get you uh I'll get you some exclusive pre pre uh I'll get you the album before it's out. I guarantee you I'll get you the album
1: before better, it's out. It. You, so better- you can uh, <laughs>
2: listen to you No, yeah, you can listen, do a review, let your folks hear it, do whatever, man. Um because at this point like I really like you said it's it's, it's got to get out there. It's, it's going to go out to the universe. So I'm going to let it do its thing and, and I appreciate
0: you, man. All right, my man. Well, have a great day and uh, I'll talk to you. All right, man. Oh, real quick. Yeah, I got go a show to go. tonight. Yes, this is the first show I'm doing since
2: Kinetic MCs. So, like it's a solo show. So like this is the first time I'm doing a show and I it's been over a year. It's like almost wow. two years. and actually longer than that. Damn. It's like hmm, a pretty long time. So um, I'm pretty nervous right now. So oh, you're good. You're good.
0: Put that energy out there,
2: folks. Put that energy out
0: there. I got you. Channel the energy here, right now. Take it with you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I needed this. I needed this today. Thank you, (laughs) brother. Stay up, man. All right,
1: man. Peace. Peace.